Hey everybody, John here. A little preface to the show. Uh, big dummy that I am, I uh, sort of botched the audio on my end of the show. So what you're about to hear is a little less audio quality than you're used to, and I'm very, very sorry about that. There is no need to tell me. <laughs> I am fully aware of what I did, and fully aware of the irony that uh, my guest on the show, Paul Cafasis, runs a software company whose software probably, if I had used it to record instead of what I did, probably would have helped me avoid the mistake. Uh, so enjoy the show. Sorry about the audio quality. Um, won't happen again. Paul, I just saw you a couple weeks ago. It's always good to say. I uh, I also saw you. <laughs> we were uh, we were cavorting in Las Vegas, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, and they have uh, they've. Uh, it's interesting, and and you're 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 up in the Boston area, I'm in Philadelphia. Uh, the the Win Corporation, I believe that's the name. What's the name of the the holding company? It's Win something. Yeah. Ooh. No, when whatever, um, uh, uh, to date has has a, a casino resort in Las Vegas, and then they have two in in Macau, over there in uh, China, and uh, then they were going to add a new one in North America, and it was <laughs> it's going to be here in Philadelphia, <laughs> and they had wonderful plans. How that the work city out? Of Philadelphia decided. <laughs> Well, the city of Philadelphia decided to, I forget, I swear to God, it came down to, they, they, the plans were super extensive. And I thought it was really, really wonderful. I, I really thought it was a very interesting plan here in Philadelphia. Um, and then the city of Philadelphia, and I swear it came down to like traffic lights. Like the, the city of Philadelphia was like, well, we're not going to pay to have like a turnaround here. You're going to pay and, and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And the wind company was like, you know what we're going to do? <laughs> We're going to go to Boston. <laughs> so they're, they're, uh, they're on the cusp of opening, right? I think, what is it, uh, three months from tomorrow. All right. So they started uh, booking, what's it called? Called the Encore. Encore. Which is a weird <laughs> name for the Harbor. first location. All right. Uh, <laughs> should, should we touch on it? I mean. Yeah, we should touch well, on so, it. I think so we this resort in Las Vegas was originally the Wind, then they built the second one, they built the Encore. And it's all named after a guy named Steve Wynn, who his real name is Steve Weinberg, so he changed his name to something very good for a casino owner. <laughs> but I didn't know that until very late. I, I thought that he was just fortuitously named. Steve Wynn. Yeah. But turns turns out I hate to say it. But Trump is a good name for a casino owner. Oh, well. well. Right. But again, not really. Wasn't that really not really the family name, right? They changed it too, although a couple generations ago. Right, as uh, who was it? John Oliver went into what was it? it was Trump. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> much, much worse name. <laughs> but much more predictive of how well his casinos would do. <laughs> Very true. Uh, but yeah, so right. so Steve Wynn starts these casinos. Uh, turns out Steve Wynn, terrible sex pervert. Terrible. So it's just awful. They're trying awful, to. Awful they're trying to. They're they're planning to open this location in Boston, and they say, you know what? Maybe we take his name off of it. And so now I'm literally looking out my window at the Encore. Uh, that is about as the crow flies. I think about four miles from from my house. So it's, it's very strange to see as we were discussing when we were in Las Vegas, the, the design of right. the building is exactly the same. 
So I flew out of Boston, flew over this building. Six hours later, I landed in Las Vegas and drove to the exact same building. You, they, 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 you know, part of the brand of the Wynn Company is is they have a certain architectural style. You know, they, they, their buildings. I, I think the two in Macau. I get confused. I've never been there. So, but there's the the Wynn Palace, and uh, I think the other one's just called Wynn Macau. I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, but they all, you know, they have a, a very distinctive architectural style and, and colors. Um, so the picture you took of the Encore Boston Harbor from, from the airplane, <laughs> right? It really looked like a Photoshop job. It really looked like you, you went full Darth and, and just and dropped just a spent, building in there. Well, just spent the entire four four and a half hour flight painstakingly <laughs> Photoshopping the Encore Las Vegas into the middle of Boston and a Boston covered winter. in snow. Exactly. <laughs> covered in snow. Uh, it's, it's something to see. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm look, you know, always looking for an excuse to go up to Boston. I, it's, it's my favorite, uh, baseball team. Absolutely. You're a big <laughs> fan, big fan. <laughs> so we could go up there and, uh, maybe catch a ball game or something like that. But now there's, now there'll be gambling and, uh, and, all sorts of other stuff you can do at a, at a casino. Um, it, it is funny because we were just in Vegas. So yeah, Steve Wynn, terrible, terrible sex pervert. It turns out <laughs> really uh predator maybe. I mean, I just, mean, awful, so never it, convicted of anything, but had all sorts of, no. all sorts of payoffs for truly heinous things that uh, right. it's, I'm, I'm glad the name's not on there. I'll, I'll say that. Right. It, 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 yeah, it's just, just awful, just awful stuff. But the company is sort of, you know, they're in a, so that he's been forced out. He was, he was the CEO, he was the president, he was the largest shareholder. And now he's none of the above. He resigned as, uh, the CEO, he, uh, resigned from the board and then he sold all of his shares in the company. He doesn't even, doesn't even own it anymore. Um, but it was, it, the, the company wasn't really done at that point. They, they needed to de Steve, the the complex because you know I, he's very fond of his own picture and his own voice oh uh, right right famously when, when you used to go to the website just just loading the website you'd suddenly be hearing from steve Wynn. which and it, very late i'm t- you know up until like two years ago you would go to the the win las vegas website and as soon as it finished loading you would begin you would hear hear him talking hi i'm steve Wynn. And welcome to the website. We've got easy navigation. It's fast and it's convenient, and we're glad you're here. Enjoy. Which was a very uh, 1996, 1997 sort of thing to do. Like when the web first really took off, a lot of a lot of companies didn't really know what to do. How a website should work. Right. How much like TV should it be? Right. And so a lot of a lot of them thought, well, you know. This is ridiculous. You're looking at a screen. That's TV. We should we should talk to the people. And and turns out no. <laughs> but the, <laughs> I, we've had this discussion privately before. But you just know that there was some sort of meeting with the the website team, <laughs> and and Steve Wynn was like, "Well, I think I should talk to these people. I should let them know, let them know where they are. Let them know they're at the at the Wynn website." And you just know that there were people on that web team who who tried to talk him out of it. <laughs> Unsuccessfully. 
<laughs> and uh, obviously unsuccessfully. Uh, so I'm sure that was a, an easy fix. They just deleted that audio file. I'm sure that was very satisfying for somebody. Um, but there were all sorts of uh, bits of Steve Wynn all throughout the complex. There's there's a restaurant in Las Vegas, Sinatra, named it's it's in conjunction with the Frank Sinatra family. Uh, pictures of of uh, Frank Sinatra with Steve Wynn uh, throughout the years. They had a they they worked together when when Steve Wynn owned the uh, Golden Nugget in Atlantic City in the uh, late seventies, early eighties. Uh, all sorts of pictures of him. Those pictures no longer there. They're gone. They're in a closet somewhere. With as as your wife Amy likes to say, that's where the Joe Paterno statue is. <laughs> Uh, maybe the Smithsonian's Cosby sweaters. I'm sure they had some of those and those are stashed away somewhere now too. I didn't think about that, but I'm sure you're right that the, the, the Smithsonian surely did uh, have that. The Disney used to have it at Disney world. They had like a, uh, TV hall of fame, sure. like sort of busts of famous TV people. And, and, uh, step one, they took away Cosby and then step two, they just got rid of the they got rid of the whole thing. The whole attraction is gone. Yeah, I think I think they got worried that maybe Betty White maybe had some skeletons in her closet as well. They're like, we got to get rid of all of these. <laughs> that's Who knows what Betty that's White your did. pick for the next one is Betty White. Come on, <laughs> she is a treasure. <laughs> I, I think she was a predator. <laughs> I'm not lodging any accusations. I'm just saying I wouldn't bet against it. Uh, but anyway, they've completely de-steved the entire win complex other than the fact that it is still called the win well but as as we've noted his ex-wife right elaine win who took his name and then kept it uh is now the majority shareholder of the company right right that is true she well uh, not majority i don't think i think she's just the largest shareholder okay okay like i don't think she owns more than 50 percent, but she is the single largest shareholder in the company and her last name is also Wynn, although right. maybe she also wants to change that at this point. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it, it's sort of like it, – it, it's like I think that they're going to just uh, turn him into like a Colonel Sanders type figure. You know, yeah, he was a real guy, but but I feel like <laughs> after Steve Wynn dies, maybe they'll bring him back as sort of like a, a cartoon mascot. And he'll be a lovable, uh, you know, non-predatory uh, uh, oh, I I would bet against that. I, <laughs> I don't think there's any any fix in this thing. Although Colonel Sanders is still around, as as like fifteen different mascots right now, right? Yeah. Did you ever hear the story? You ever read the story where uh, a New York Times food critic, uh, sometime in like sometime around 1977 or so, uh, took the actual Colonel Sanders into a KFC in Midtown, New York. Oh boy. <laughs> this is after, you know, he, I, he sold this, you know, sold the, his chain to, to, you know, to a nationwide company at some point, you know, 15 years before or so. Um, so he hadn't really been in direct, uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't really, it was a, he was a spokesperson, but he really wasn't involved with the restaurants. And so she took him in and, uh, and they went back to the kitchen and he was like he horrified? Every, yeah, he was horrified and read everybody the riot act about uh, how they were doing everything wrong. And, and uh, it's pretty, I, I should uh, see if I can find that and put it in the show notes. It's a, it's a good story. In his later years, he became highly critical of the food served by KFC restaurants as he believed they had cut costs and allowed quality to deteriorate. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, it was all like cost cutting and, and you know, like the, the mashed potatoes aren't really mashed potatoes. They're, you know, some kind of chemical recreation of mashed right. potatoes. And he's potato like, potato flakes. The, and- right, how the hell can you not? You just boil potatoes and you mash them up. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not, you know, not tricky food. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, when Boston Harbor, not when Encore Boston, Encore Boston Harbor, yeah. Well, what, so so there's two there's two things to this name because it was when they were when they were applying for this and and trying to make it happen, it was the Win Boston Harbor, right. uh, and now they then they scrubbed his name from it. It's the Encore Boston Harbor, but <clears throat> the Boston Harbor aspect of it is also fallacious. <laughs> Because <laughs> if you, I don't know, I don't know, maybe you throw a map in the, in the show notes or something, but uh, I can, I'm sitting in Boston right now and I can see this, but the actual property is in a town called Everett, which is just over the line from Boston. And the waterfront that it will be on is the Mystic River, <laughs> which feeds into Boston Harbor again, about four miles down the road, down the, down the stream. So I get why they didn't go with the Encore Everett. But they're definitely playing a little fast and loose with the name here. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, Phillies was going to be in the city proper. Uh, it was going to be right right in the city. City, it, I don't want to go on a super long tangent about it, but it, it Philly has a weird thing where, where we've got two rivers. We've got the Schuylkill River, which most people can't spell. Can't spell. S-C-H-U-Y-L-K-I-L-L. Uh, the kill part is easy. Uh, yeah, once you get past the school, right. school. Uh, that runs right through the middle of the city, and it divides it into you know Drexel and Penn are on the one side of the river, and then Center City, Philadelphia is on the other side. And then we've got the uh, the Delaware River, Delaware, which is yeah. the border between Pennsylvania and New Jersey, and it's it's a, a big, much bigger, wider river. It's a very wide river. Um, for whatever reason, most cities riverfront property is is prestigious. It's expensive real estate. You know that's the, people want to live on the water. Um, in Philly, we we have I ninety five running right along <laughs> right along the Delaware. It's it's a giant super highway running right down where, where it. By most logic, should be the you know some of the best real estate in the city. Billions of dollars worth of real estate, and and it's just weird. And then you know the land, it's just underused, and that's where Wynn was going to put their their uh, casino resort. And uh, they had a really nice plan where they uh, parking is always an issue with a casino because people drive to the casino and then they've got all these cars and parking garages are ugly. So they had a really nice plan where they were going to put the whole parking garage underground. Everything was going to be underground. And then on the top of it, about, you know, about one story up, they were going to build, uh, just put grass and make it a nice public park. It would, you know, wouldn't be mm-hmm. like you'd have to pay or anything. It was going to be a public park right along the river, right next to the casino. Uh, you know, just as as a a nice thing for the city here, we're going to build this big casino. Uh, we're going to have all these fancy restaurants and and all this stuff. We'll we'll put all the cars underground, and then on top of it, we'll have a nice little park where anybody can come. Uh, seemed very nice. Instead, we and and you guys got, screwed up the whole thing. We got bupkis. <laughs> got absolutely <laughs> nothing. We got the sugar house. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I was looking at the the when Massachusetts legalized casino gambling. I think they take a twenty five percent cut right off the top uh, in taxes. 
So it's a that's that sounds there's about a right. huge amount of money going to the state, which is why they're interested in doing this. And I was looking at the estimates, and <clears throat> because they're going to have an impact on multiple cities, they have to pay surrounding community agreements. And the city of Boston is going to get something like fifty million over fifteen years, so you know three or four million a year, something like that. Uh, the city of Everett, which is I'd have to look, but it's a city of under 100,000 people, I think, is going to make $472 million over that first 15 years. That's the estimate, at least. Holy crap. Uh, and, and, you know, this is, a, like I said, it's a small city that, that this is going to, like, what? it's going to be, like, 20% of their annual budget they're going to get every year just from one casino being there. Oh, my God. It's crazy. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think Philly blew it. Yeah, I would say so. Forty six thousand is the population, and they're going to get something like thirty two million a year out of just having this casino be on the edge of their their city. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and Philly really was going to have it right in the city. So we've got one. I think we've only got one that's officially in city limits. That's the Sugar House I mentioned. Terrible name, which is it's a terrible name. It is a terrible casino. I, although I will say I haven't been there in several years because uh, it's so miserable. Uh, <laughs> so you think maybe I, it got I, slightly I, less miserable? I I forget if I've even talked about this before, but Amy and I went I think twice, and uh, the one time we went it was the winter, and everybody everybody had their coat. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a coat check. And, well, I, I guess they did, and and Amy and I, and maybe everybody was thinking the same thing we were. Where, where Amy and I didn't check our coats because we're like, I don't think we're going to. We want to be able to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, but like even people who seem to be settled in playing games and etc. were all wearing their coats. <laughs> it's just, I, it just seemed weird, and it, you know, it it throws you off. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, Atlantic City has is pretty much identical climate to Philadelphia. Uh, and they've had casinos for an entire generation. I don't remember this problem. All, you know, the times I've been to an Atlantic City casino of, of all the, where do you put your coat? But it does seem like a weird problem. Yeah, coats and casinos just don't seem to go well together, like a, an outdoor right, jacket. But the, and again, maybe they have fixed it. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't been there in years. But the, the problem with Sugar House was when the Pennsylvania state legislature legalized gambling, they only legalized uh, slot machines and assorted, you know, whatever, video poker, you know. No table games. It had to, yeah, no table games, Um, and which seems stupid to me, A, because I I don't like to play slot machines, I like to play table games, and B, what sense does that make? Uh, You know, if you're going to have, you know, I I see the argument not to have gambling at all. I don't see the argument of, you know, you can have slot machines, but you can't have table games. It seems to me like, if anything, you should do it the other way. Slot machines are the ones that seem more addictive, and people sort of zone out and, you know, maybe play too much. Uh, but anyway, before they opened, uh, the Pennsylvania state legislature came to its senses. Somebody more or less said exactly what I did. This doesn't make any sense. Why don't we have table games, too? And they're like, okay. <laughs> and then they said, okay, we can have table games. But the Sugar House had already been – it was already under construction. Oh, so they had to they tack had this a, on? Yeah. They had a floor plan that was entirely based on the idea that they'd only have – the only gambling would be uh, uh, slot machines and et cetera. And so they just put the – table games like blackjack and roulette and craps they just put them in what 
clearly were going to be the aisles between the table game, <laughs> between the slot machines. And so you literally, like I played some blackjack and like the back of your chair was right up against slot machines. It was very strange. And then there was nowhere really to, to walk around. It was extremely crowded and it was a brand new casino. It was, you know, the whole thing was built from the ground. Up. And everyone's bulked yeah. up with their winter jackets. <laughs> right. Everybody had puffy coats on <laughs> I saw a guy, I remember this, when Amy and I were there, and we were like, well, let's have one drink, and then we'll we'll hit the road. You know, let's get out of here. Um, so we went over to a bar. And you know how in a casino, uh, a lot of times the bars will have video poker built right into the bar. Sure, because, they got to you know, keep taking as much of your money as possible. Yeah, why not? And it wasn't crowded. And so Amy and I sat down, and there was a guy who was a uh, guy to my left. And I looked over, and he had like uh, – uh, I, I wasn't trying to rubberneck, you know, I feel like that's rude, but I, you know, I looked to see what he was playing. He was playing video poker and he had like 4,000 credits. And I was like, holy crap, man. And I was like, what the hell is that? And I was like, I think those are quarters, but that's, you know, it's that's still a thousand bucks. bucks. Yeah. And, and I, I, he was right next to me. So I, I wanted to be discreet about it. I wanted to get Amy's attention and say, Hey, this guy's got like a thousand bucks on his thing. And, and, but I, I didn't really have an opportunity to talk. And then I look over again and it said 6,000. And I was like, holy crap. And then it was 8,500. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit, this guy's making a mint. And, and by the time I got Amy's attention, it was back down to like a thousand. <laughs> so, so this guy, this guy in like the course of like 10 minutes had won like a, over a thousand dollars in video poker and then lost close to 2000. And you would never know it. You'd never know he was playing for more. You, you'd think he was playing for like five bucks or something. It was just, just total robot. You know, just hitting buttons, but playing super fast. So you're saying this casino is going to be a great thing here in Boston. It's yeah. it's going to go well for everybody. <laughs> I, I see no problems stemming from this. I don't know. Do you, you're not really a gambler, are you? No, I I I think we've talked about this a little bit. Any any money that I would win gambling would be okay. That's nice. And any money that I would lose gambling, I would think. What the hell did I just do? You're too sensible. That's the yeah. The the upshot is so minimal compared to the the downside for me. So right, right. I it, yeah. I'm I'm like uh, evil Paul. <laughs> like like I think we we both have equal understanding of the mathematics and how 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 screwed you are ultimately playing any of these games. And I can completely disassociate <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy it. From the math. And I feel I, I I don't believe it. You know, like right now talking to you in in the light of day. Uh I know it's not true. But while I'm playing, I feel like I get what I deserve. I feel like there are blackjack gods and, and if I've I've been a good boy, I get good cards. <laughs> and if if I've done done the universe wrong, karma comes and gets me, and I get a bunch of sixteens. <laughs> do you, Do you believe in karma anywhere else, or only at the blackjack table? Only at only at well, in craps. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, let me take a break here and thank our first sponsor, the Encore Boston Harbor. <laughs> yes, the Encore Boston Harbor is our first sponsor. Now, our first sponsor is uh, Audible. Look, could listening. Just listening, make you a better parent, a better leader, even a better person. Could listening to motivating fitness programs get you fit? Could listening inspire you to start something new? There's never been a better time to start listening on Audible. 
On Audible, you get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. They have actually have a bunch of comedy stuff now, too. Um, it's, it's almost like, uh, like the Netflix of comedy for just for audio content. Audible has a ton of comedy stuff. That's really, really great. That's my favorite stuff that they have that they've, as they've grown, if you think of them just as sort of being like the bookstore for audio books, they, they are still, but they have so much more that is like original content. Audible members, when you sign up, you could choose three titles every month. You get one audio book and two audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. And members also get access to exclusive audio fitness programs to start the new year off on a right foot a little bit late for the new year, but still you can get in on it. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere at home, at the gym, on your commute, or just on the go. You'll also enjoy, uh, audio book exchanges. So if you get a book, you don't like it, you can exchange it. You're not stuck with it. Uh, it's really a great service. So here's what you do. You get a 30 day trial when you go to audible.com slash talk show, or just text talk show to five zero zero five zero zero. You just text that code there and, uh, and you can listen. So that's a 30 day free trial at audible.com slash talk show. Hey, it's your good friend, John here. Uh, I'm a big dummy and I forgot to make a book recommendation. Uh, and our friends at Audible always want a book recommendation. This time it's easy. It's Ken Kashenda's Creative Selection. That's the book that came out last year. Ken worked at Apple, worked on the original iPhone team, and it is simply a fantastic book. Anybody who enjoys this show is going to love this book. And the audiobook is read by Ken Kashenda himself, which I think is always great. So there's my selection, a creative selection by Ken Kashenda. Here, hold on one second here, Paul. I got a special guest. All right. I'm Amy Jane Gruber. And I'm Paul Kafasis. And you're listening to Just the Tip. Inside of the talk show. <laughs> We've totally taken it away. What do you want to talk about today, Paul? Anything but technology. Oh, it's so funny because I actually had like an Apple story. Oh, well, go ahead. Guess who's the jackass who washed her iPods two days before the new ones come out? Wait, isn't it? You, you washed your, your little case with the AirPods in it. The AirPods, iPods, uh, whatever. And they're dead? <laughs> well, one. One is dead and one sounds a little squishy. So wait, isn't that perfect? I mean, maybe you didn't have an excuse to update before and now, well, whoops. Yeah, but now I'm like, I'm I'm without iPods and I'm walking around. And it's so funny because when they first came out, um, you thought everyone looked stupid. You know, these little sure. things dangling from your ears. People with cords look so dumb. I feel like an idiot. Oh, you're walking around all corded, all tethered oh, to, your, all, to your whatever. Yeah, I'm all walking away from things and forgetting to grab my phone. It's horrible. It's horrible. I, you you right. might know a guy who could get you a, a new pair. I don't know. He, he might have a well, little bit of pull. Well, I mean, I can walk into an Apple store, same as anybody. But uh, I need them now. And I can't buy them now. <sighs> I need them right now. I think you're, you're, you're stuck living a corded life for another week or two. Yeah, when do they come out? Uh, I don't know. They 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 ship in next week. Something I don't know. You gotta 
You, you might be too late now. It might take it might take <laughs> weeks. You could be you could be tethered to your phone for weeks. Look at us talking about Apple stuff. Ugh, I mean, disgusting. I call everything all the wrong name. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got in terms of stuff. Uh, I took a tumble. Uh, Scarlett took a tumble. <laughs> you took a tumble. Tell me more. I almost lost a tooth. Well, no, I didn't almost lose a tooth. I went to the dentist. I didn't lose a tooth. Uh, just some some damage. I, I, I took a tumble. Hold on, hold on. It was very hold, embarrassing. Hold on. You took enough of a tumble that you your was your next move to go to the dentist? No, because I thought I felt okay, and then my tooth started to kind of hurt, and then I just convinced myself that it was going to turn black and fall out. Sure. Um, so I went to the dentist, and they're all like talking about bruised ligaments, and you know that I should be fought. And I was like, just tell me, is my tooth going to turn black and fall out? And they said, most definitely not. And I said, let me up. I'm out of here. I'm good. Yeah, that's, that was all I needed. That was all I needed. All right. Uh, but uh, you're okay. Yeah, I'm totally, totally fine. Uh, I thought I broke my nose then. Um, I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac, really. Well, wait. But a hypochondriac has like a cough and thinks they have deadly swine flu. You, it sounds like you smashed your face into something. <laughs> I don't think that's. I, super, red, I don't know that that qualifies as being a hypochondriac. I have a red dot on my nose, and it kind of hurts when I smile. So don't make me laugh. No problem there. Let's keep it somber. <laughs> yeah. No problem there on this show. Should we let him play? Should we have a special guest on the show? Oh no, we have a rule: no guests. No guests. No guests. Sorry, John. <laughs> when we're done, the show's over. So he. I hope he got all his ad reads in. <laughs> do you know how we had like a vow to say like oh this will you know to not say this will all be cut right. Th- this will all be cut <laughs> <laughs> his show doesn't have that rule so <laughs> this is getting cut well now wait so let, th- this is back to let's let's get it back on topic amy let's keep it back on track did your you want to talk about my tumble do you want to talk about how i just got my glasses straightened so i don't look crazy anymore <laughs> no you're have you ever noticed if somebody's glasses are a little crooked oh, they, they look, look crazy they look nuts yeah, I just walked in and I was like, unnetty Professor B. And first of all, the uh, kid was too young to have any idea what I was talking about. I'm probably too young. I was, I was totally um, going to go with Jerry Lewis on that, though. Yeah, that's it's, it's, <laughs> right. it's totally the Jerry Lewis look. Yeah, well, this kid didn't know what I was talking about. He was 12. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, so I got those straightened out. Uh, all right, but you're OK. Yeah, I'm totally fine. All right, then, totally then, fine. then let's then we don't care about this anymore. Your AirPods, though. Your AirPods, I'm worried about. Yeah, so am I. They're upstairs in a bag of rice. So, I'm walking around with wires. Were they in their case when they went in the wash? Yes. Really? Yes. See, because I... See, I... this all relates to my tumble. Oh, because uh-huh, sure. The tumble took me off my game. Like, I don't wash things with things in the pockets. Like... I was off my game yesterday. I was really scared. I was convinced. Black front tooth, you know... Broken nose. I'm just going to say this is totally false. She washes my pants with stuff in the pockets all. Wait, that's oh, on you. That's a, she does, she, her her responsibility ends with her stuff and maybe the boys. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I don't even. Well, I steal their money. I do steal their money, but that like pops out. Uh, that's a true mom move to steal all the money you find in the washer. You got to get uh, paid for this somehow. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't check their pockets for things. <laughs> That's Just that's fine. on them. All right, but so you usually you usually keep your pockets free and clear before they go in the wash. Yeah, yeah. So it's it all comes back to the tumble, and uh, 
I mean, it was bound to happen. It just happened at the absolute worst time. So I, I slide my AirPods into my, my little jeans fifth pocket all the time. It's the only thing I've ever used that pocket for. And I think that's like the greatest feature that Apple has not even mentioned is that they fit right in there. But I, I'm a woman. We don't, yeah, have, you don't pockets, have pockets at all. Pocket is also usually fake, <laughs> but, but so it was in my gym clothes. I managed to like, wash mine in the case and I pulled them out and I said, ah, hell. And mm-hmm. to my knowledge, there has been no issue. So huh. I don't know. Do, do, do you use, you know, they've got the gentle cycle. Were you on like the rough cycle? <laughs> yeah. I, my clothes are real dirty, <laughs> real dirty in the pits. No, uh, uh, no, I just well one of them one of them worked, so you know it's not that bad. It's, I don't know, uh, it's pretty bad. No, it, it, we've got the rice. I mean, I have faith in the rice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe misplaced faith in the rice. You should see John's setup down here. He's like in our basement. He's staring at a wall. This is not. Uh, I can't even tell you about his desk. Does he do show notes? Can I take a picture of this desk? Yes. What he's working with yes. here? No. Yes. No. Yes, you may. <laughs> you can and you will. <laughs> this, this is terrible. And the travesty that is his disgusting desk will be shared with the world. This is terrible. Oh, and I'm looking at his computer. You know he had a guy on here named Rich Mogul? What a name! I'm aware of Rich. Good uh, dude. I am not. But... Uh, hell of a name, though. You're right. Hell of a name. I, I, I hope it's working out for him. Um, well, I mean, I guess that's about all my time. <laughs> I feel like we've done 30 minutes. <laughs> Are we going to be able to get our theme song in here? Uh, we can make it happen. Just the tip. Amy and Paul. The best darn podcast of them all just a tip amy and paul the best darn podcast of them all <laughs> if only i knew a guy really good at audio I, I might i might be able to make it happen <laughs> well now he sprung this on me too early this this is how we should have ended the show but now i gotta go back and talk his nonsense Oh, yeah, I know. Well, you know what? Everyone else will be so glad that it's done. <sighs> I don't, I don't, I think these people are going to complain. Uh, I, we, I, we just got a text from Audible. They caught, they, they called it off. Whole <laughs> thing's off. They're, they're not paying for that ad. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't remember how we used to end our show. Just, just walk away. Show. Just footstep noises walking away. <laughs> Wait, okay, I'm going to flip this janky desk over and walk away. (laughs) There we go. Wasn't that What a delightful treat. It's like old days. It's like (laughs) just hanging out with you two, two weeks ago. We're having fun. You're stuck there thinking about going to play blackjack. All right. I'm working on my sports bet. <laughs> Who you got in the tournament, John? I got the uh, same pick uh, I've made for uh, around uh, 27 consecutive years. I've got the University of North Carolina going all the way. It's That's worked out well multiple times in the recent past. Uh, but I'm sick to my stomach because you know who's going to win. 
Duke. You think, you, you think Duke's are, actually going to win? I, I, uh, they're the best thing that ever happened to Duke, and I hate Duke. I really, I'm a, I've been a lifelong North Carolina fan, so I hate Duke, and I really don't like Coach K. I think he's a smug, arrogant. I, I just there's something about that guy that rubs me the wrong way. I don't like his black hair. That's fake. Come on, the guy's seventy years old and he's got a head full of black hair. Uh, don't like him. But I'll tell you what, best thing that ever happened to him that that team this year was Zion Williamson going down for a couple games, and they looked bad without right. him. Right. Uh, and then he came back, and he <laughs> he looks he looks like if you made like a comedy video where you took like an NBA star and had him play like against an eighth grade team, <laughs> like that is what he looks like playing against elite teams in the ACC. Like he came back and it, it was just unbelievable. I mean, he, he had one game, his first game back, he didn't miss a shot. He was like 13 for 13 or 14 for 14 from the field. And they were all dunks. <laughs> like he didn't, he literally didn't miss a shot. I mean, it, they're, they're, unfortunately uh dominant i mean it's it's hopefully something terrible you know not not an injury I, i've never root for an injury but some kind of fluke bad luck afflicts them all right who do you got uh well so i i do a, a you know a bracket with some idiot friends from college and i'm inclu- including myself in that i'm one of the idiot friends but uh I, my move is to grab a celebrity bracket and then change like three things so I, I grabbed a bracket that had Gonzaga, uh, and, and I honestly couldn't tell you much more. I've got Duke losing, uh, I think, in the Final Four, because yeah. I think they have to it, face Gonzaga. So I think I've got them losing yeah. there. But Yeah. Yeah, it's set up where if, if the favorites win, it would be Duke-Gonzaga in the Final Four. Right. Uh, here's one. I, I, I noticed this while I was filling out my bracket, and, and I, 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 I don't mean I, if there are uh, – alumni of this university listening, I, I'm not, uh, I'm really not trying to slag on it, but for the first time in my life, it really struck me what an unusual name old miss is. For his, is that their proper <laughs> name? I, I don't even know. Is it? It's uh, that's how it's listed on the bracket. Right. O L E. Yeah, no, it's, it's university of Mississippi. I'm, I'm looking at their <laughs> Wikipedia page. Colloquial, colloquially known as old miss. Yeah, that is a, it's a very oh. strange name. So when you get your diploma, it doesn't say Ole Miss. Probably not, yeah. <laughs> what, what an unusual name. Like, uh, particularly the O-L-E. Right, right. Uh, right. It's not O-L apostrophe. It's... Right. Right. I could even give them the apostrophe if that's what you – if that's how you say it. You know, like like uh, it, it, in that part of the country, people will often use uh, the uh, – the uh, collective second person pronoun y'all sure and you would which it, i believe is properly spelled y apostrophe a-l-l yep. which is actually linguistically a, a much needed uh pronoun in the english language probably this there's in my opinion the single biggest deficiency in standard written english is the lack of a uh a second person plural sure uh, you know here in philly we we've got use uh, don't don't even don't even are... talk about Pittsburgh. I I get sick to my stomach here in this one. I'm sorry, yeah. people from Pittsburgh, but it's disgusting. Yuns. Oh. Is it Yuns or Yins? Yins. Yeah. Oh, we should get Amy back on. She could tell us. I forget what it is, but it, I remember the first time I went out there to see her. She, my my wife Amy was uh, both an undergrad and then went to Pitt Law School. Uh, 
the first time I went out there, heard people say yins. I honestly looked around like for hidden cameras. Like I thought maybe I was on the uh, the punk show or something. Right, because it's, it's not something that's like you, you'll hear y'all in the Northeast. Not often, but you'll hear it and, right. and you know, understand what it means. That one, right. I, I think I first heard it when I first visited Pittsburgh as well. And I had no idea what it even meant. Yeah. <laughs> it's Pittsburgh. I've always said that Pittsburgh is uh, the closest, in my opinion, the closest America gets to uh, Springfield from The Simpsons, uh, where it is it it is nowhere. It's not the Midwest. It is not the East Coast. They have their own brand of beer that everybody drinks. Exactly, you know, like where Springfield has stuff. Sure. Uh, Pittsburgh has. I can't say it right. It's Iron City, but they they have a very particular way of pronouncing Iron City, uh, Iron City beer, uh, and it's everywhere, <laughs> and you can't get it anywhere else. There is there is nowhere else to get it, and they they say things that nobody else says. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a charming city, but it is it's really a, unusual. All right, now that we've offended all the people from Pittsburgh. And the people from Ole Miss. Sure. Well, I don't think we've offended them. I, I think even they would admit that that is an unusual name. Yeah, I, I, I just did a quick look. I, I can't see an indication of where that originates without, you know, doing a deeper dive. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and can you think of another school that, that has goes by a nickname? Yeah. Well, well, that just goes by something that is other than its real name, you know? Huh. I mean, nobody. I, I, what did you say the real name is? I, don't, I have no idea. Mississippi State. University of Mississippi. University of Mississippi. But yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, I, I guess I don't know. I don't know anyone who went to Ole Miss, so I don't know if they identify as being from Ole Miss or, or University of Mississippi. I don't know. Yeah. Well, somebody let me know. Let me know what's on the diploma. There you go. Get a picture of that diploma. Uh, we got lots of news to cover. Apple Apple had an unusual week where it, I, I can't think of anything else quite like it. So there's uh, an event next week on Monday, March 25th, which is much rumored to be about subscription services. We'll get to that at the end of the show. Um, I heard reliably, although not from someone at Apple secondhand, but somebody else in the press, uh, it was Panzerino. I'll just say it. I had, <laughs> I had heard that word was out uh, over a week, well over a week ago that there would be quote unquote, no hardware at the Apple event on March 25th. Yet there were all sorts of devices and things that were rumored to be imminent. You know, um, you know, iMacs were overdue for an update. Uh, everybody and their, everybody was, has been thinking that there's new AirPods coming out, which was true, and that none of this would come out at the event. Turns out it didn't. It all came out drip by drip, day by day this week. Right, right. Three uh, straight days of announcements: uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Just press yeah. release and and here's some new hardware. Yeah, and then it got people into sort of like a, a fever. Like people, right? Well, people right. Nothing excited. came on Thursday. <laughs> right. Everybody was convinced that we were going to get a new Apple product every day. Like maybe for the rest of time, for, for, at least for the rest of the week. <laughs> right. Like Mac rumors even ran like a story. They're like, "I, I new iPod Touch is coming tomorrow," <laughs> and it didn't. <laughs> but it was a good. They had, they had a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but the other curious thing from the inside here, here we go into uh, 
like I always say, director's commentary on Daring Fireball. The interesting part, which I can now say, is that on Monday I was in New York um, and they had they had similar briefings in Cupertino for the West Coast press, but uh, they had press briefings Monday in New York and Cupertino for the new iMacs and the new iPads, the iPad Air and the iPad Mini. Um, that was where I, I took delivery of a review unit of the iPad Mini. Um, but there absolutely no mention Monday about new AirPods. They did, they didn't tell us about it. They didn't have them there for us to see. There, right, to my knowledge, nobody got review units. Right, you, uh, if if somebody has a review unit, it's not me, and the reviews aren't out yet. Right, you had mentioned that you'd you'd gotten this this iPad Mini, and uh, and I said, well, you know, is there any news on on new AirPods? And you said, no, nothing else, just the iPads and the iMac. And then Wednesday, you look like an idiot. <laughs> Because <laughs> there they are. There's the new AirPods. I think I understand their strategy. I mean, one thing about Apple PR is they do not like to explain themselves. <laughs> which, so you which can ask for, them. For public relations and marketing, <laughs> getting, well, they, getting the silent treatment do, on things. Well, they love to explain their products, but they do not like to explain their their strategy. Sure, sure. So asking them, like, hey, why, you know, why, why did you not give us AirPods? They'll... They'll have an answer, but it, it's just like some kind of nonsense answer. Um, but I think, I, I think the thinking is twofold. I think one, the sort of day by day strategy was just to sort of keep Apple in in the news cycle, the, leading up to next week's event. So you know, Monday there were, there was Apple news. Tuesday there was Apple news. Uh, Wednesday. Wait, is that right? When, it was yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Was Did it start with the iPads and then do the iMacs? Is that the right order? Yeah. Is that right? I think that is right. Yeah. I think the iMacs were under embargo until the Tuesday, okay. uh, the news about them. Uh, uh, and then Wednesday was the AirPods 2. They're not really calling no, it the AirPods next generation. 2. Just, right, the new AirPods. And then Thursday was the reviews of the iMac Mini came out just to you know that was something and then uh, i guess iPad today mini. there's ipad mini ipad mini what did i say imac mini which i don't even know what that would be <laughs> just be like the old 17 inch uh flower right. power <laughs> just a smaller imac yeah um yeah so i think that this the basic idea was just hey let's have a little bit of news every day of the week just to keep apple in the news and then you know everybody will be thinking about apple leading up to monday's you know big event where all i presumably all the Big stuff will be announced. Uh, otherwise, people aren't thinking about the biggest company in the world. They just right. <laughs> if, if they everybody don't do something them. every single day of the week. People won't pay any attention. People, people will forget about Apple. Right. And I think that maybe the reason they didn't see review units of AirPod, uh, the new AirPods, is that they, uh, at least according to their website, they require the very latest version of macOS and iOS. Um, Newer than we currently have right now. You mean? Right, yeah. like it's <clears throat> iOS twelve point two and macOS ten point fourteen point whatever, which are currently in beta as we record and this week, and presumably will come out on Monday. I guess after the event and before people start getting these AirPods. Right, um, and I guess the I, you know it makes sense to me that they it, for whatever technical reason that is that that they require these very latest macOS and iOS versions they don't want reviewers to have to install beta versions of you know mac os and ios just to test airpods so i 
I don't but know. if they gave you an iPad, it, what's the iPad mini running? That's a good question. I don't have it handy. Uh, I, I guess it's running 12.1 point whatever. I don't know. I should, I should, I should look. I don't have it handy though. It's not running 12.2 though. You're sure it's not? Pretty sure. Because, I mean, they well, certainly, I'll, if they give you, I mean, I guess uh, I guess that's risky. If you give out a review unit with a beta OS and there's some sort of an issue, then you don't know whether to ascribe it to the hardware or the software. Yeah, they've. I'm trying to think if they've ever done that before. Uh, not really. I don't think so. They tend not to do that. Um, the weirdest thing they've ever done, in my experience, is AirPod-related, where back whatever year it was when the AirPods came out, they gave us, quote-unquote, prototype airpods after the was it the september it was 2016 so. yeah it was like september or yeah. october of 2016 so they gave the people who got the phones for review they gave them airpods but they said these are prototypes and we will need these back when we ship the real airpods and then like and they're usually very lax about like asking for review hardware back like every once in a while you get i get like a reminder that says like here's you know here's, here's the, all the inventory of the stuff that's sitting somewhere in your house sitting somewhere in my office here's all the stuff you have that's sitting in your office that you should send back and then i just send it you know i put it all like i tend to do it in a terrible dump you know just just <laughs> just throw it all in just, one rubbermaid crate and slap a shipping yeah, label just on there ship it, ship it back ship it all back to apple all at once uh, <laughs> but they're very nice about it you know it's it's all very lax but with those airpods is the the day that the real ones came out and they're like okay we're now shipping airpods they were like please send us back the prototypes <laughs> here here is a fedex prepaid label uh we need this tomorrow so how many yeah. weeks did it take you to get them back to them john no, I sent it, it, it's, it was very clear that they wanted them back immediately. And so I actually sent them back right on the day. I was like, I don't know why they have such a, you know, ants in their pants on this issue, but whatever it is, I'll send it back. And the funny thing is, is I know I had them, uh, Panzerino had them, Renee had them, a bunch of people, you know, who were regular guests on the show had, had those. And all of us agreed they were, there was no way to tell that they were not AirPods. You know, That's what was I was going to ask. Was there any physical difference that you could see? No physical difference, no no functional difference. I, I have no idea what made those quote unquote prototypes, you know, and what what the difference was. The experience of using them was exactly the same. Interesting, but you know. But anyway, what do you want to talk about first? Well, let's we're we're talking AirPods. Let's can we should we talk battery life on these uh, on the AirPods? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's. That's a good. That's a good topic. So th this was this was interesting. I, I sent you an article, and then I can't remember if it's from this article or yeah. So the, the article talks about how two years ago this guy heard everybody on podcasts raving about AirPods, and so he decided to buy a pair. And now, two years later, you know, early 2017 he buys them. Early 2019 he's had them for a couple of years, and that the battery life on them is crap. And that now he hears all sorts of people on podcasts complaining about a similar issue with poor battery life on their airpods and i know you and i have had discussions with several people who've run into this exact same issue yeah amy's amy's got that issue in addition to her <laughs> before they went through the wash <laughs> before she, they went through the wash set that aside as a caveat yeah uh and i've noticed too because i tend to like one of the things i do I, I listen to long podcasts i listen to like atp and um 
I listen to a long enough podcast and I get to the point where they start uh, playing that sad little, little beep. Bloop, bloop. Right. Yeah. So I, I use them. I have them with me most days, but I use them for brief phone calls and maybe a little bit of music listening. I almost never hit this. So I have not had any complaints about the battery life, but it's very clear that, you know, batter, we, we all know batteries degrade over time. Right. And these do not and through cycles, right? Not just time, but right, it, right. you know, as as you charge and discharge and charge and discharge, the the battery you know deteriorates. You know, right. So I, I and and these these devices have really no way for somebody to replace the battery. So right. you know, the iPhone obviously famously had issues with batteries, and, and Apple instituted a replacement plan, and uh, you had to go to Apple to do it, and you still have to go to Apple to do it, but it is possible to do. To my knowledge, Apple does not have anything for the batteries in the AirPods. Is that right? I, no, I, I don't think so. No, they definitely don't. Right. So, so uh, if you if you two years in, if your AirPods, if their batteries are are so crummy that you know they're unusable or you're not getting enough use time out of them, your option is pretty much throw them away or hopefully recycle them with Apple. I think, but not yeah, I guess. not uh, not get a new battery for fifty bucks or or even you know any amount right. of money. Yeah, there's no replacement for it. And it does seem wasteful now. You know, you really think about it. They're 160 bucks. They still sound great, right? It's just the battery, right? Mine, you know, there's nothing wrong with mine, which I've had, you know, since December of 2016, I guess now. Uh, absolutely nothing wrong with them. I've never lost one, right? amazingly, uh, yet. And my battery life is okay, but I can definitely tell it's not as good as it used to be because when they were brand new, I never heard that sound. Right, right. I remember people saying it, and I was like, "Well, I got to like keep these out of the case because the, the, one of the ways that I've never lost one you put it right is back in the case, right? I'm very, very, very religious about like it's either in my ear, in my hand, or in the case. Yeah, absolutely. I never put them anywhere else, and so but you keep putting them in the case, and they keep it's charging going through cycles, so you, right? Right. It was only, you know, I would say only in the last year have I started hearing that sound. And I don't, my, my use isn't any different. So they clearly don't get as good a battery life as they used to. And, and as you said, it's, it's interesting because these are, these are, Amy noted that when these first came out, people said, well, they look dumb. And I have definitely noticed in the past six months that it is very rare to see somebody using headphones that are not AirPods. I shouldn't say very yeah. rare, but it's very common to see them the same way 10 or 15 years ago, you'd see the white corded headphones for, right. for iPods. Uh, AirPods have become that, which is incredible. But yeah. if they have a two-year or even, even a three-year lifespan, uh, and then they're literally just trash, that's pretty bad for a high-end product. The, yeah. the iPod headphones were 20 or 30 bucks, which was probably too expensive for what they were, but they were cheap by comparison. And, yeah. you know, if, if those got disposable because the cord frayed or whatever, not the end of the world. But when you're paying 160 bucks for a pair of headphones, uh, it's not unreasonable to think, hey, these should last me. I don't know what the right number is, but five or 10 years. Uh, and if I have to pay a little bit to replace the battery, OK. But Apple has obviously moved away from any sort of replaceable battery. I don't think there's uh, just off the top of my head. I can't think of any product where you can replace the battery short of taking it to Apple, at least. Yeah, I, it's, it seems like a shame. I mean, I get it. You know, there's just these little things that are glued together, but it, it 
it, I, it's one of those things that I feel it, they, they're very futuristic, right? Like if you could go back in time and say, oh my God, you're going to have these wireless headphones with practically no latency and they run for hours and they stay in perfect sync, even though they're not connected to each other at all. Uh, you'd be like that. That's an amazing futuristic product, right. but I can't help but think that like 10, 20 years from now, we're going to look back and say, my God, what a waste. We're <laughs> spending $160 on these things that only lasted three years. Right. Well, and, and it's, it's funny because I haven't hit this battery issue yet, but sooner or later I will, and I'll want to replace them. And I, I feel bad saying it, but I'll probably buy another pair of AirPods. And, and like I said, I hope they recycle them. I hope you can turn them into Apple. I haven't looked to see if you're able to do that. I assume so. But that's even that's a pretty poor way to handle it as opposed to throwing a new battery in there or, you know, some sort of upgrade uh, yeah. that that currently isn't possible. Yeah. Uh, so the new ones, they have the they have a new chip, H, the H1 chip. Which, when I first linked it up, I was like, I wonder why, why you know, because the other ones had like the W1 chip, yeah. uh, which I thought was like wireless. I, I guess that's what the W was. But now, you know, the watches still have W chips. You know, they have their system chips are the S. So it's like the S3 or the S2. And then they have the W chip for their wireless communication. But these headphones, the new AirPods have the H1. And I wondered about it, and then I got an answer from somebody who would know that the H is for headphones. I, that is, was certainly the assumption, but yeah, you've, right. you've confirmed that. Right. I have confirmed that the H is for headphones. Um, uh, somebody speculated – another good guess was that the H was for Hey Siri. Okay. Uh, which I guess I, I always try not to say on the show, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's my iPad. Lighting, lighting up. Yeah. Hey Dingus. Uh which is a good guess, but it's not. It's for headphones. Um, and they get, you know, supposedly they have longer talk time. Talk time was always sort of the, uh, it seems like that microphone really drains the battery. Uh, but the nice thing about the, so it, there's two things here, but the nice thing about the talk time, even when it was, I think it was two hours and now it's three hours. Is that right? Something like that. Well, but the thing is when, when you're using it as a headset, it's easy enough to just use one. Because yes. they both have a microphone and, you know, obviously you right. won't hear out of both ears, you won't hear your conversation. But uh, the person on the other end won't really know that you only are using one at a time. Uh, so even if you have a long phone conversation, it's possible to swap those. Whereas if you're listening to music, you really probably want both those those headphones in your ears. Yeah. But the the thing that I noticed with this was that none of the other battery life was any better. No, it doesn't seem like it, it seems like. You know, or at least, I mean, if it is better, they're not, they're not touting it as better. It. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's funny that they're not calling them AirPods too. They're just sort of, it, it, it's sort of a quiet announcement. They're just sort of, you know, Hey, we've, we've refreshed them, you know, even though it seems like it is, it is an all new chip. And now they have the optional wireless charging case, which is, uh, what is it, extra 40, 40 bucks. extra bucks for, so yeah, I I use a wireless charging pad for my phone at night. It's easy to just toss down on, uh, but I don't think I'd pay the extra forty bucks for that case. I, I it's a close call for me because it's like I I kind of I'd like to have you it. Want the but functionality, it's... but forty bucks is quite a lot for you know something you certainly don't need. Yeah, and they charge so fast, right? Like the the nice thing about you know like your phone. Typically, at the end of the day, my phone at least is always under fifty percent, so it needs a you know a lot of charge. And so overnight, you know, just put it on the bedside 
pad and fall asleep and then assume it'll be full when you wake right. up, it's fine. But with the AirPods, like I really, it really is true that like, if I feel like they're low, I can just plug them into a lightning cable and a couple minutes later, they're hundred percent. Right. Right. So it, if it were 10 bucks more, I'd say, yeah, sure. I'll buy it just in case I ever want that. But if they, they've managed to find a price point where, like you said, I'm sort of on the fence about it and you know, I don't think I'd buy it, but maybe I'd convince myself that I should get it. And I don't know. I, th- they seem to have some science there with those prices, I think. The other thing that is nice is that the case is available by itself for $80. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, trying to train myself to round You're up rounding up on 70. the nines yet? <laughs> on, yeah. on a 99, like, you know, forty nine ninety nine is 50 bucks. 49 bucks, I, I, I'm okay with calling that 49 bucks, but whatever. All right. Well, it's $79. Right, right. Uh, AKA $80. Um, but you can buy it as a standalone case and it is, it, it's compatible with the original AirPods. So if you have existing AirPods and you really want that case, you can spend 80 bucks to get the case and it'll work with your AirPods, so which seems very nice. Th- that was interesting. But then going back to what we were talking about with battery life, if you've had those AirPods already for a year or two, you may well be better served just getting a whole new pair. Like I, you're you're describing your AirPods as not having great battery life. It'd be pretty foolish for you to just buy the case at this point. Yeah, but on the other hand, I'm loyal. Like I feel like these are my AirPods. You know what I mean? Like I, you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to ditch them just because they're old. You know? You don't you don't want to be sticking new things in your ears? <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know. I, I have I feel like a, I have a sense of loyalty to them. Like with the phones, I don't, you know, as soon as the new phone comes out, I'm like, this old phone is garbage. Here, put it on a shelf. Uh, but with my AirPods, I feel like they're, you know, we've been places together. <laughs> I'm not going to abandon them just because the battery life is sunk. You know, it's not bad. My battery life isn't terrible. That's the other thing. Well, but it's, uh, you know, it's, if you know it's going down, you know, it's getting worse over time. Right. Uh, the other thing too is, is to charge them overnight you really kind of need the air power, <laughs> which doesn't appear to exist at all. Right. Because my, at least uh, the, I have a couple of these Qi compatible phone chargers and they're all uh, small enough. They're, they only hold a phone, right? They only hold a phone. There's no, there is no room on any of the ones that I own for a second device, in, even just a tiny little AirPods case. Right. And, so and not I only, need... I think the way that they're built, they could only charge one device even if there were physically, you know, space to, yeah. space to drop the case on there, it still wouldn't work because they can only charge one device at a time, I think. Right. There's some kind of communication, you know, a handshake. It's like, hey, I'm a charging pad. And your device is like, I'm a device that wants to charge on you. And then they're like, you know, nice to meet you. And Here's some power. But that's it. Right. And, you know, like you said, I don't think you can do another one. It's like they only have one hand for handshaking. So we were we were talking about this as far as, where is the air power mat now, now that they have finally shipped this Qi compatible wireless charging case? Right. And I don't think we have a very good answer here, right? No, the the Wall Street Journal just reported this week that it is entering production. And there, there have been a whole bunch of people that found stuff in the uh, iOS 10.12, uh, sorry, 12.2 beta that there was indication that, indication that it's coming. There have been a few images found on like, foreign apple websites like apple australia or whatever uh but it's it's very strange that on wednesday they say here's the new airpods with a wireless charging case and 
obvious, the obvious question is, well, what do I charge these with? <laughs> they say chi, you know. Well, right, right. I mean, I can charge it on a mat that I already right. have maybe, but uh, you right. remember when you told me a year and – is it a year and a half ago? When did they announce yeah. it? Was, it was fall of 2017, right? Yeah, a year and a half ago, Wolf. 18 months ago. Wolf. <laughs> Uh, this is really late. What, and they did say at the time it would be later that year. So it's, you know, maybe we should only, you know, the clock should only start from December of 2017. Did they? I thought, no, no, no. They said 20, they said it was coming 2018, right? No, no. Originally they said it was coming later in that year. Really? It was, it, yeah, it was, it was definitely supposedly at, at first it was coming uh, in 2017. It was it was a lot like the AirPods were the year prior, where they announced them along with the phones, and then they came out know. two or three months later, right at the end of December. Right, that was like right before Christmas, yep. as I recall. I, I remember you I know, got so, them on like December twenty first. I ordered them, I think. Right, it was it was cutting it as close as theoretically possible to the holidays. Right. Um, All right. Well, hold on. I got I got to fact check you here because uh, the Apple PR from September of twenty seventeen. Says coming next year on the air power. Oh, okay. So, well, so maybe I'm wrong. All right. We we we. Ha- it says qu- coming in 2018. That's all it said. Which that's in the actual press release from September, September of 2017. I'll, uh, well, I'm glad you corrected me, so I don't have to listen to people on Twitter <laughs> tell me. I was wrong. Well, uh, but so so when do we count it from? Because if you say in September of 2017, in 2018 this will be coming. Obviously, it's at least at this point three months late. But realistically, you figure before Christmas of that year and maybe halfway through that year. And so, yeah, in my mind, this should have been here almost a year ago, at least. And and as we said, doesn't still doesn't exist. And and so interesting that it's potentially in production. But then what's their strategy as far as announcing this goes? I I can only assume it'll be a the quietest release ever. <laughs> like, I don't even know. It'll I, just like, show up it in even, the store. There won't even be a press release. Right. Will there even be an article in Newsroom? I guess they have to put an article in Newsroom. And But whose name? Like, will Phil Schiller have a quote <laughs> that says, you know, because like the, you know, most of the stuff this week has a quote from Phil Schiller saying how great the new iPads are or how fast the new iMacs are. Like, is anybody going to want to put their name on this <laughs> AirPower <laughs> press release? I don't know. I, I It's... It is a damn curious thing. I mean, the whole thing is strange because why did they announce this at all in 2017? Because when they when that event happened, that was the first wireless charging phones, Qi charging phones, iPhones, and they gave you a phone and they gave you what, like a a Belkin charging pad, right? Yeah, there were two that they like. Half of the reviewers got a white one from Belkin, which I did, and then the other half got a. uh, what brand was it? Mophie? Did, I, I want to say it was a Mophie. I remember. I think it's a Mophie. And I, and I think it's the one I actually have at my dad. I actually paid for it to get it because I didn't like the, I didn't like the Belkin one at all. Uh-huh. The Belkin one had like a, it had a really, as a really ugly plug that goes in the socket, you know, the electrical socket, it's a really ugly plug. And it just seemed way too finicky in terms of getting the phone perfectly positioned and oh and the light was driving me nuts it has like a bright green light that faces up as it's and charging so like if you, yeah so you put it on your bed and you've got like this weird green light whereas the mophie <laughs> right. has a a very subtle 
off-white light that points down towards the table or whatever it's sitting on, which is exactly what I want. I want it, you know, I, I like to see that light because then I know the phone is on it properly, but it is so subtle that it doesn't, you know, distract when you're trying to sleep. So now does that one stay on as it's charging though? Yes. Okay, because I, I got, I don't know, I got like a $20 one on Amazon. And the feature that it has, it's a subtle light like you're describing. You put the phone on it. It lights up, and then over ten seconds, it fades down. Which oh, is, see, that's a nice it's perfect for I the like inside. That. Yeah, right. All you want is you want you just want that light to just let you know that it's working, you know, it's, it's charging. Right. Um, yeah. So they did give us charging pads. So they, and they gave you a just... different charging pad. The right. air power was not going to exist for or be available for sale for at least three months at that point. Yeah. It, but they did have them. They did have them backstage. Like when I had my uh, briefing to get, you know, the the little press briefing where i got the um what were the iphones of that time i guess it was the 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 10s or no the 10 the 10, original yeah, iphone the 10. 10 yeah so i got the iphone 10 um in in the room they had you know they always have every everything that's new set up so you can see it you know per, you know just just see everything all the day of like just all the new cases and everything they had an air power set up and i tried it you know like i, I even um you know, took a phone off, put it back on. It was, you know, there was a functioning prototype of the air power there that I could play with. Or they just shoved you know? a Mophie one inside of a. <laughs> no, because I remember it because they had it set up where it had a watch on it too. Okay, okay. I think I think what I did I because I, I, my phone at the time wouldn't have been Qi charging. Your personal right? phone wouldn't have been, yeah. No, but I think I had my Apple Watch on and I took it off and you know put it on and it charged. Uh-huh. And, you know everything worked it was nice so i mean i guess the it they they obviously thought this was going to be done sooner than it was right. uh but probably much sooner than it was but i it still to me does not make sense why they bothered to pre-announce it because this is not something people were clamoring for right and, it, they didn't have to and now yeah. they look I, foolish you know 16 months 18 months on where it still is not available yeah if they had just kept their mouths shut about it and hadn't pre-announced it we would have all just been well. I don't know why Apple doesn't make a first-party charging mat, but you know, I'll get one of the whatever. other ones. There's all the dude, you, you know. I mean, how many Qi chargers? If you search on Amazon, there's like 500 of them. Well, and and, and they're everywhere. even beyond that, there are now ones that will do a phone and a watch and yeah. a, a lightning uh, or an AirPods case rather. So there, there are, are there are alternatives to the air power already. If you really feel you, that's the other thing too. Is (laughs) so Digitimes. There's a story on Mac Rumors today that uh, Digitimes is reporting that the journal says they're in high production. Digitimes says they will be made available in quote late March, and so as as we record, it's already March 22nd. The event is the 25th next on Monday, so presumably that means if if Digitimes is correct, that's next week. But if Digitimes is correct, is is a big if. Sure. Uh, I have a, a friend texted me right before we started uh, recording. A friend at Apple texted me and and, and said, <laughs> "More and more, I see reports from Digitimes, and I think I hope that's true, but I know it's not. <laughs> I know it's not. <laughs> I wish that were true. Yeah, I wish it were true. And like, this isn't somebody who knows whether the air power is shipping or not. They're just like it, it's. They want it to ship, and they're they're disappointed because they feel like Digitimes saying it's going to 
ship means it won't. <laughs> well, here's the big question is how much is the thing going to cost? Because most of these third-party ones are relatively cheap. They've And they've really come down in price over the last year. Um, like how ridiculous is it going to be if this thing is like a hundred bucks? Well, I think, I think a hundred might be viable. I think over than that, over that will be, yeah, just not, right. not at all in line with the market. <laughs> right. I, I mean, you know, the backstory on this is that they faced engineering problems with these multiple coils to support multiple devices. And, you know, the, the, you know, you can't have these pads get hot. They can't, you know, catching fire is a bad thing. <laughs> um, you know, and, and presumably, you know, you say, why did they pre-announce? Presumably, I guess the backstory is somebody, you know, whoever makes that decision, whether it's Phil Schiller or uh, Tim Cook or, or some combination of the, you know, executives voting, okay, let's announce it or let's not uh, not announce it. Somebody in engineering on the air power obviously convinced them, okay, we're, we haven't solved all the problems yet, but we, we've got it. Right. You know, like it's, it's you know... Sometimes you just, you know, like when you're doing a math problem and it's like, you don't have the answer yet, but you know, you, you know, you know how to get the answer. And somehow they convinced the decision makers, we're not done yet, but we've got it. We've, and they obviously did. Somebody was wrong. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't fault engineering for running into issues with this. I don't, I don't know enough about the air power itself, but like you said, there's, there's all sorts of issues with uh, fires and, and, and having enough energy to charge multiple devices and, and making it work. But I, I certainly can question the marketing decision to say, Hey, this thing is coming when no one, no one asked for it and no one would bat an eye if they had never announced this. So I think instead they wind up obviously with, with some egg on their face. And, uh, it'll be very interesting to me if this does ship next week, because why not do it this week? If they're doing this week of hardware, uh, and presumably they won't do it at the event itself if it really will be a no hardware event. No, there's no way they're going to do it on stage. There's, n- I mean, <laughs> there's, there's just no way. No, and who would who would want to talk about this thing on stage? <laughs> this thing that is months or years late, and yeah, right. And then the only thing you would be able to demo are the things they demoed a year and a half ago. Right. There's right? nothing the new to it. Sure. Done. Right. The demo is already done. So you know, the best you can hope for is a press release, I guess. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it alongside the AirPods. You know, make, maybe when reviewers get these new AirPods, they'll get an AirPower too next week. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. You know, and then it, beca- then it becomes a sort of oh, and by the way, this is ready too. Yeah, that's my guess is that it'll be a, this is ready too. But they <laughs> they just didn't want to talk about it. They wanted nothing but good good stories about Apple this week because the finalies will be justified oh, as absolutely. much as I give. Yeah. All these publications guff over the use of finally in, in headlines, you know, when air power does ship or if if it ships, uh, <laughs> right. fin- the finalies will be completely justified. That's why it's worth complaining about the misuse of finally, because then when there actually is a, a good finally, it take, you know, takes away from that. Yeah, absolutely. Takes away from it. All right. Let me take a break here and thank our next sponsor. I love this. This is a great idea. I don't know why more people don't do this. Next sponsor is itself a podcast. It's the Product Breakfast Club podcast. Have you ever wondered things like how does Lego come up with new product ideas? How did Google design Gmail? Or why Apple's product strategies are almost always misunderstood by the media? Product 
Breakfast Club is a fun look behind the scenes at the nerdy world of product design, tech, product management, and product strategy with some of the biggest names in the product world. People, guests have been people like Jason Fried, CEO of Basecamp, good friend of mine, uh, Scott Belsky, he's VP of product at Adobe, Julie Zhao, VP of product design at Facebook, uh, and product leaders from all sorts of industries, everything from software to hardware. Uh, massive topics, great guests, and the show is pure entertainment. Very fun. They try to keep it fun every episode, and it's an easy listen for your commute, your workout, anytime you want to listen to podcasts. Uh, who hosts the show? Why should you listen? Jake Knapp is an ex-Googler who invented the design sprint process while working on products like Gmail and Hangouts. Uh, the design sprint is now used by every major tech company to validate new product ideas. Uh, the other host is Jonathan Courtney. He didn't invent anything, but he runs one of the world's most well-known product design firms, AJ and Smart. AJ and Smart. So together, these two guys have helped companies like Mercedes, New York Times, Google, Adidas, even the United Nations bring new products to market. Um, they do not take themselves seriously. The show is always meant to make you laugh. It's a very fun show. I've listened to it. They recommend, here's their recommendation for listeners of this show. They recommend that you start with episode 47. Episode title is Big Product Decisions, Gut Feeling or Test. This episode, after much rambling, which I think talk show listeners will appreciate, digs into Apple's unique product design philosophy and why it seems to clash with everything people seem to know or think they know about user-centered design. Jake and Jonathan are both longtime listeners of this podcast, and they believe Product Breakfast Club will feel right at home with your other podcasts. I love this idea. So what do you do? Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can just tap the link in the show notes, or you can search for Product Breakfast Club in your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Overcast or Pocket Casts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. So go listen to Product Breakfast Club. Episode 47 is the one they recommend. I love the idea of a podcast sponsoring a podcast. That certainly makes sense to me, but I, yeah. I'm interested by starting at episode 47. That's not advice you usually hear when, you know, sometimes maybe skip the first season or something, but right. 47 is very precise. Right. It would be like if you told somebody, you know what, you never watch The Sopranos? Oh my God, you got you got you, you to gotta watch that episode. episode season episode, three, episode uh, season seven. seven. Yeah. <laughs> That would be terrible. Oh, my God. Well, podcasts are very different than a serial drama. Uh, so how about the uh, – we'll go backwards here. Uh, we could talk about the new iPad. I have the, I've been using the iPad mini all week. Uh, so they updated the iPad Air and mini. They now have the A12 system on a chip. They both have true tone displays, laminated displays, which is the – physical process that puts the pixels closer to the surface. Uh, uh, pretty much every, uh, almost everything state of the art with the displays, with the lack of, or the only thing missing that really is ProMotion, which is Apple's uh, brand name for having 120 hertz refresh rate instead of 60 hertz, which of all the things that the iPad Pro has on their display would be my pick as if, if you had to leave one off, that's what I would The pick. least important of the... Right. Features on it is nice. I can kind of tell side by side, but when you're actually using it, you don't really see it. Whereas True Tone has been, for me, really painful when I go back to using devices that don't have it. Like I've really gotten used to True Tone 
And when you have one, like your phone with it, and then it's like nighttime and you're looking at it like an iPad that doesn't have um, true tone, it, it just looks so wrong to me. <laughs> What are your thoughts? <laughs> what, what do you, are you, what do you use? I don't even know if you use an iPad. Well, it's I interesting. Honestly, I, no you know, I read your review of them and I think uh, I don't want to misquote you or anything, but basically you said, uh, if you had to pick an iPad and just from scratch, this, the new mini would be your iPad, right? Yeah. Uh, you've got an iPad pro that you're using. And, and so this won't necessarily replace that, but, uh, just picking, picking from starting from go, uh, you, you'd start with the mini. I've got, I've got a bunch of test devices. I've got an old, I think I've got the first iPad that had Retina, which I think was the iPad 3. That's ancient at this point, but it's still useful for some testing. And I've got an iPad mini that I use basically at random. Uh, during the baseball season, I use it to watch baseball games if I'm you know, out on the deck or something. Uh, but so I day-to-day, my iPad sits. I'm, I'm looking at it in a cabinet where it's behind a door because I don't use it. Uh, so I, I, you know, I read this review and I said, okay, that, that sounds really nice. And I also like the mini size. That's been the iPad that I got the most use out of, out of, but I don't have personally any need to purchase it because I just don't use the device, uh, frequently enough that I should upgrade what I already have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm a only buy an iPad once every couple of years person because I just, I, I, just don't use it enough and what i do use it for is so uh, i don't i don't need like the latest the chip. Line, I don't do right exactly that's, right um i and personally me personally without going on a long digression about my eyesight the, the other problem i have with the mini is is whether it's big enough and trying to make a very long story short i for like two years i needed reading glasses uh and it's very strange because usually once you need glasses, you're done. Your That's eyes it. don't get better. But my my right eye has actually gotten worse, and because it's gotten worse at distance, it's actually gotten better up close. And so I've got like this—I forget what they call it—by, but it's a it's a strategy. Even if you have good eyes, if you have contact lenses, when you get older and you need reading glasses, some people will get a contact lens in the one eye that is for distance and the other eye for up close. And you're, you know, at first it's weird, they say, and then your brain sort of works it out. And all of a sudden, you know, it just works. I've sort of stumbled my way into that strategy where my left eye is, you know, sees 20, 20 for distance. And my right eye does not, but it can see up close without reading glasses now. So like if I had reviewed the, this iPad mini, a year ago, the same device, I, I really would have, it would have been uh, too needed small. reading glasses to use. It. it would have been too small, and I would have needed reading glasses. Um, but I sort of needed the reading glasses even with the bigger iPad. But now, in 2019, <laughs> my eyes have changed, and now I, I, I can read the, the Mini again without reading glasses. Um, I really I used the heck out of it all week. That's what I try to always do when I do these reviews. Um, but will that change? Like, you know. Uh, the older I get, the more likely, you know, it's almost certain I'm going to need reading glasses again and having a bigger iPad where, it, you know, one of the interesting things about what they've always done with the mini is it's pixel for pixel, the same as a bigger iPhone or iPad. They just shrink the pixels right. and there's more of them per inch. It's the same interface, but everything is smaller. Um, and so as a mid forties person rocketing towards needing reading glasses permanently, the bigger iPad size is more readable to me. So that's just a personal thing. But if, if like five years ago when my eyes were a lot, you know, younger and I didn't need reading glasses, the mini would be my iPad for sure. 
But now let me ask you, do you read much on the phone? I do. I read a lot on the phone. Because the phone's smaller, uh, right? I mean, there's right. everything on there is smaller. So how is that better than how – how is the mini potentially too small and the phone isn't? Just because it's 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 when I go, when I switch back to the bigger my eleven inch iPad Pro, it's just my eyes just feel more. Relaxed. I see. It's just the comparison between the two iPads. Right, right. I will say this: people have been saying for years, you know, uh, is is part of the reason the lack of. I mean, it, I think it was three and a half years between iPad Mini updates, and they've never really quite been on like a. You know, it's obviously uh, the odd iPad out. Right, they're yeah, not they're not concerned with making it the top of the line iPad, right? And they're not concerned with updating it every year, etc. Um, but you know, and, and so people wonder: is the iPad, you know, when it once it goes two three years without an update, people who are iPad Mini fans start to worry, reasonably so, that maybe you know this is it; they're not going to update it again. Um, and, and part of the thinking behind that is: hey, phones have gotten so big, you know, has the do people who like an iPad mini type thing is, is something like an iPhone 10s max. The, the reason that they don't Apple need doesn't. A, a mini. Yeah. And I would, I find the iPad to be such a different interface and experience. And it, and it's, even though the mini is obviously the closest iPad to a big phone size, it's so much bigger, right? right? It, there's no possible way that you could make a phone that big. You could not call an eight inch diagonal screen, a phone. Uh, it, it wouldn't fit in any pants. I, I don't even think it would fit in Craig Hockenberry's <laughs> pants. Uh, now, it, it's, I'm just wondering. I bet Samsung has a phone that's that big that they call a phone. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I I don't want to. I'm not saying you're wrong. I think they're wrong, but I think that someone out there is calling a right. device that big a phone. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's it, it is just you know, I don't know. It's just more like like I said in my review. It puts the pad in iPad. It just feels like a pad in a way that even a big phone doesn't I, I think it's a really delightful size I, I really like it I know it's not their most popular iPad because if it were they'd you know they'd update it more frequently but it's obviously popular it's really enough nice. that they're they're keeping it around for at least another generation though yeah yeah well so and it what it, it sort of makes me wish that they made two minis if they made this one that could start at a 399 price and if they also made an iPad pro mini that had all of the new stuff in the pro the edge-to-edge display the pencil, pencil two support right. the, the better speakers i mean i don't know if that that might actually be a problem with the size you know that that speakers actually take up a right. significant physical amount of space, physical yeah. space well in theory though that would that would be great well i mean this is the same every year i feel the same way about the phone i want a top-of-the-line phone that is smaller than what they're putting out there and they do not want to make that apparently no well, I guess not. I don't know. That would have been another announcement this week. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the right. iPhone. It, it, it might have just happened. Should we check? Well, I know. While I, should, we're recording? I should go check and make make sure the iPhone SE two did not come out. <laughs> well, so you mentioned so you mentioned the pencil. I think it's worth touching on that briefly because yeah, as I said, this is a weird week, and I think it's also really weird that this new two new iPads use an old Apple pencil. Yeah, and you explained why, and and you know your explanation of why makes sense. But I think it's very strange to walk into an Apple store, buy a brand new iPad, and I, I guess do the it, do the shelves now stock both pencils? They must. They must. Yeah, right. They must I mean, because because the yeah. quote old pencil is still a current pencil. 
Yeah. And there's, and, and it's, it is, it's unfortunate. I would say it is an, unf- and I don't, I certainly don't think they planned it this way. Uh, I think it's just sort of the way things worked out, you know, it, it, there was just no way to get pencil to support on this older device without doing, uh, adding X, Y, and Z that all would have made it significantly more expensive, right. which defeats the whole purpose, right? Like a big part of this is that the new mini starts at $400 and the new iPad air starts at $500, uh, which is a lot less money than the, the 11 inch iPad pro, Pro, which I think starts at $800. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not a stretch to say the, you know, the mini is literally half the price and the iPad air is almost only half the price. I think, I think you, I think unfortunate is definitely the right word, but I, I, so I, I understand why it is this way, but at the same time, it's very strange for Apple to be saying here is a brand new device and use it yeah. not with the brand new pencil that came out what last fall I think, uh, yeah. and if you have that pencil for some other reason it won't it doesn't even work with it right. No, definitely does not work. Not only the, not only can it, it not charge it, it does not even physically write on the device. Right, old. Well, because you can't pair it. Right, that, it that's what I mean. Yeah. The only way the only way to pair it is with the. Uh, the inductive charging port on the new iPad pros. And the only way to pair the old pencil is through lightning, like to pair it with a new iPad, which is really clever. Like I, cause I, I have an old pencil that I've had for a long time with the lightning port and just plugged, plugged it, it into, into the new, new iPad, iPad mini. And as soon as I plugged it in, it was like, okay, now, now I'm paired with this iPad, but you can't do that with the new iPads because or iPad pros, because they don't they have, have lightning. Ports. Yeah. So that, yeah, there's, right. there's, that's the other question people have is, Hey, how come if they moved to, to USB-C, why didn't these move to USB-C? And I think one of the answers is the pencil. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. If, if they, if it's needed to pair it and, and to, to sync up with that, right. yeah, absolutely. And to charge it. Well, so it's very I strange. If I mentioned that, it in that... my review. I probably should have, uh, one of the nice little things I just should add is the, uh, the new iPad mini comes with a 12 watt charger. And I believe, I don't remember what the fourth generation mini came with, but I think the fourth generation still came with the little tiny phone sized five watt charger. So at least they're giving you a nice, nice charger with it now. It, it came with the very smallest one. It didn't come with a, a slightly bigger 10 watt one. No, it, uh, last I remember, I don't know if the fourth generation did, but at least the third generation mini still came with the phone charger, the little five little watt cube looking one, one that yeah. looks like a, a dice. Yeah. A right. die. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Can't believe I just said it dice. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of gambler are you, John? I've had another point. Oh, here's so here's my here's my thinking. I I, I would like to imagine. So it, it it's all about cost cutting. It really to, I to mean make it's these to get these things that minis and airs. Right. Right. So they didn't have to do a new industrial design. You know, it's the same physical footprint as the old uh, uh, iPad mini and the ipad air looks like an older air it doesn't have the edge to edge display with the round corners which is nicer and but also more expensive it doesn't have that inductive charging point for the new pencil which again is more expensive somebody told me after i published my my first look at it that it's definitely that that little charging thing is definitely fairly expensive significantly more expensive you know like it wasn't going to make the cut on a 400 hundred dollar device um has the, doesn't have face ID because it face ID is more expensive than touch ID sensors. Um, so, uh, you know, this, that, the other thing to get these prices down now, you're stuck with the old pencil. 
Um, I will say, and one of my favorite things about reviewing Apple products, favorite things to do is use the new thing for a while, like a week or two, and then go back to the old thing. Like go back to my, you know, if I get a brand new iPhone, use the new review unit for as you know, a week or two weeks or something like that. And then go back to my personal one from a year ago and see what I noticed. Is there anything slower? You know, and in the old, in the original days, like five, six, seven, eight years ago, it would always be like, I'd go back to my year old iPhone and typing would always feel super right. slow. Yeah, everything was just like, slower. Yeah. It just, it was like, wow, this is unbelievable. It, it, you notice that like you get used to the speed of a, the faster speed of a new thing and you, it just becomes normal. And then the way to really tell is to go back to the old thing. So after having this, the new Apple pencil with my iPad pro since what, October, uh, going back to the old pencil is really, yeah. It really, it feels a little, it almost feels like greasy in your hand. Right. You met, you mentioned that it's, and, and it's also round. So it just rolls everywhere. Right. And, and they, it's weighted, you know, there's a, some kind of way that it's weighted. So it supposedly stops rolling and that's a clever design. And, uh, but everything that everybody ever complained about the pencil, it's all magnified once you're used to the, the newer pencil, pencil too. Right. Right. And, and right. The, the matte finish is definitely better. So much better. It's, it's just feels better in every way the flat side is so much better right. to stop rolling the charging uh, is obviously so much better it's certainly more graceful yeah i mean it it you know I've, I've never been a hater of the hey stick it in the ipad and it looks silly sticking out but it I sits mean, there I, for I admit, 15 seconds right like it literally needs need 15 to, seconds to charge so yeah you don't need to do it for long i'm likewise i'm not a hater of the 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 magic mouse with the lightning port on, on its the bottom, belly right, <laughs> this, right. that you can't use while doing it because you don't have to charge it for that long. Right. I get it that it's, it's not great, but it would be such a, it, it, the design doesn't have room for a lightning port, you know, uh, on the outside. <laughs> um, but boy, that old pencil seems, and, and the other thing is, man, those caps are so fiddly. Yeah. Uh, so my, my strategy with the old pencil was always, I, I don't even know where the actual cap cap is. Uh, I think I lost it on a train, uh, at one point and yeah, that's what, yeah. Now that I think about it, I was on an Amtrak train and it fell between the seats and I, I like took out my, you know, the iPhone flashlight and looked down there and it was a nightmare. <laughs> I, I didn't see it. If I, if I saw it, I might've tried to fish it, fish it out. But I looked down there and it was so gross. Uh, I was like... I was like, that cap is gone. But what I usually did is I kept the, the female to female lightning thing on it as the cap so that I could charge it just by plugging it into like a lightning cable. Oh, I see. And I just used, I used that as a cap and, but it, going back to that, like just having a cap, it's so fiddly. It, it just feels like you're constantly at risk of losing this little tiny delicate thing. Right. And that, that's why I say that the pencil too is so obviously superior that it's strange to me for them to ship a new product that only uses yeah. the pencil one. And again, we discussed why, but it, once, once you've made these advances, like touch ID is not so much worse than face ID, but the pencil yeah. one seems so uh, much worse than the pencil two. Yeah, it really does. And, and so it is, it is like the unfortunate aspect. I, I get why they've done this and it's great that they have pencil support at all because the iPad mini didn't have pencil support until now, but, um, it, it, it is an unfortunate 
situation. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Um, I think it would be interesting. What I think is interesting is to imagine the alternate universe where it, Apple had decided it was worthwhile to do the equivalent of a uh, for the iPad, do what they did with the iPhone XR, which is, okay, we're going to make some sacrifices to, for cost to get a, hit a significantly lower price point, but let's move these iPads to the new world. Right, because the new iPad Pros are clearly the equivalent of like the iPhone 10 right. for iPad. But they right? they Where only did route. that in the second year. Right. So that's that's I, almost I, what the next. It, well, I guess these aren't updated every year, so that sort of flies in the face of that. But that's almost what the next iPad update should be. Uh, yeah, maybe they will. Maybe next year there will be the equivalent of a you know the mid range iPad Air and iPad Mini would be will be updated, but I, I don't really have faith that they're going to do a mini update in one year. Like after going three and a half years, I feel like we're looking at like two or three years down the road. Right. Which, no, I think, I think that's probably right, but uh, right. interesting Shh. to see what happens there. Yeah. But it would, you know, I just think it would be so, it, it it's just like, and I almost feel like the flip side too might, might've proved popular um, where let's say the iPhone 10 R didn't exist and they went with like an iphone 9 that looked like the you know it still had touch id like everything that these ipads have that's you know still had a rectangular screen without the round corners still had touch id you know and maybe hit an even lower price point but had the a12 processor and the new camera and stuff like that like i still i've written about it and i still think i think it's underappreciated that i still feel like there's an awful lot of normal people out there who are it, it, not quite rational, but just it, it, it's just a natural resistance to not having a home button and touch ID to that, the newer phones. Right, and they're just sticking with whatever right. they whatever the style is they have. Yeah, right. I really do feel that, and because that's how people that's how regular people think. They don't think, oh, this is cool. I can't wait to relearn how I use my phone. <laughs> right, right. They think, oh my god, how the hell would I use my phone without a without a home button? And they think, you know, and it's a natural suspicion to think, I don't know, this face ID can't possibly work as well as touch ID. I love touch ID, you know. So it, Right. Adding adding touch ID didn't really change anything. You could still use your phone exactly the same way you used to. Right. That and was, then if you figured out touch ID, you realized, oh, this is much better. But, yeah, switching to face ID is a, is a big difference. Yeah. And it's it, it's the amazing aspect of of. To me, it was just brilliant of making the home button the Touch ID sensor instead of putting right. it on the back like a lot of Android phones do. Because it, it totally you, – you didn't have to buy into it at all. Like it, it could have been a terrible experience. It could be like Touch ID was just awful and you'd be fine because it still worked exactly like your phone iPhone did before. Right, exactly. You would just put your passcode in and just click the button to make it make it go. I don't know. All right, I'm I'm broadcasting. Uh, sorry, I'm recording from a MacBook, and I can either have my microphone or power. So we're <laughs> we're on like a 90 minute clock right now. Just okay. FYI. All right, let's keep moving then. Uh, so <laughs> while while we're <laughs> we can, uh, what else is on the agenda here? We got the new iMacs. I don't really have much to say about. Them. I was I was going to say there's you have this note, and it makes perfect sense. They announced these. There's some speed bumps. Uh, is was there anything to them? that is extraordinary the way you know the ipads have been really updated these are 
these are just incremental updates to the iMac, right? It's a true speed bump in the traditional sense of the word, where the there's no way, you know, the physical form factor is exactly the same. The displays are unchanged, but there's there's no reason to update those displays. They're they're wonderful displays. Uh, you know, 4K on the 21 inch and and 5K, 5K on, on the bigger the one. 27, yeah. It, it's very hard to find PCs with 5K monitors, um, especially you know, all in one design. And the color is wonderful on them. It, everything's great about them, you know. So they just, you know, they were just overdue. I think they were up at like 600 days since the last update, which is that's my only complaint. Would be I, I, I don't think it's unreasonable for Apple to update things like the iMac once a year. Uh, you think it should be? I, I think does, it, does that sound frequent enough, or or people people think that it should be more frequent or less frequent? I think once a year is about right. I think that they should they should. Do I think they should update all of the Macs once a year, right? As as so so this this is uh, you know worth touching on. Last fall, when they finally updated the Mini and the Air, uh, it had been for the Mini, it had been literally years right. uh, since an update, and the Air had people thought the Air was dead. And and now suddenly it's actually probably the best laptop for the most number of people. Uh, but I don't need that type of update every year. This type of speed bump where you say, hey, we're going to charge the same price, but you're going to get more functionality out of it than you would have from the, the version last year. That's great. And doesn't take, I, I don't want to, you know, dictate Apple's time, but takes a whole lot less time than a brand new design does. Right. Uh, and it seems like at least for a while, up until last year, they had sort of gotten away from uh, doing those updates frequently. Uh, so, you know, this this type of update I actually really like to see because they should do this every year. And the mini uh, that was updated last October, this October, hey, throw a slightly faster chip in there and charge me the same price. Yeah. The mini is now SSD only, right? The Mac mini? Uh, yes. So right. this is, I think the... Is this the last spinning hard drive they're shipping? Yeah. Yeah. So the Mac Pro is SSD. The, uh, I mean, the Mac Pro is ancient. Well, forget and the Mac Pro. We're not, we're not the, even counting that. Right. The iMac Pro is SSD only. Right. These, these new iMacs are the last spinning disks. And hopefully the last, this is the last generation where they will be. Um, cause that's the big knock on them is that's the, gotta be, I mean, the only reason for that is price. The only reason is price. And you know, it certainly is easier, you know, they didn't really re-architect them. They're not like a new system architecture. The iMac pro truly is, it's not just a name. It's not like they just made it <laughs> dark aluminum and, right, and right. put the pro name on it. It is truly an entirely different system architecture it has an entirely different, set of chips it uses intel's xeon chips it has an entirely different cooling system um which is amazing uh, i know stephen hackett in particular uh, had it replaced a, a very nice high-end imac like the previous generation imac with an imac pro just because of fan noise because uh -huh. you know he does a lot of video and i guess probably podcast audio stuff stuff made his fan run on the imac and on the imac pro it doesn't i mean it, it's. I don't own an iMac Pro, but I've I, I've seen Apple demo it and do really really stressful stuff, and then you get behind it and you don't hear anything. It's truly an amazing thing. These iMacs don't have that, right? Um, and spinning discs. I mean, they suck. I mean, they're terrible. They're unreliable. They're slow. Uh, there's there's it's, but again, they're also cheap, 
And anybody who says these, I, I've seen it, you know, people argue, hey, these uh, new iMacs should be SSD only. But if you're going to argue that, you also are implicitly arguing that they sh- the starting price should be significantly higher. Like you can't have both. You can't. You can say your gut feeling is that for hey, for thirteen hundred bucks, you should be able to get an SSD. But you know, you're, you're spending Tim Cook's money. Well, they're, I'm looking at them right now. They also all start with one terabyte drives. So right. I mean, you could definitely put a smaller SSD in there. The SSD cost right. goes up with the storage space, obviously. Uh, so I. I don't know that everyone who's buying an iMac needs a terabyte drive. You could potentially put a, you know, 512 uh, SSD or even a, a 240, whatever, 240, 480 uh, in there and, and have these these prices. Uh, the, the other thing to note is that SSD prices in the past, like, 6 to 12 months have crashed. Uh, flash memory prices yeah. have crashed. So maybe maybe this is an example like you said this is probably hopefully the last ones that have a spinning hard drive and it's potentially something where when they were uh when they were looking to make these they said all right we can do this and then re-engineer the back you know the internals of it to to better support an ssd now that they're cheaper yeah i like i don't think i don't think that the ipad pro is going to trickle down like i don't think they're ever going to sell consumer imacs with xeon chip architecture um but obviously a lot of the stuff that the imac pro has should be in the imac eventually you know and the other big thing is the t2 probably would be like the t3 or t4 by the time the imacs get it but to have like that little ios secondary chip in there secondary chip and running all of the security related features maybe by the time the imacs get this next update maybe there'll be face id on the mac uh, oh, yeah, could be. That would be cool. And obviously that would go through the T2 subsystem. But who knows? Maybe by the time the iMacs get a major thing, it won't really be a T2 subsystem. It'll just be an entirely iOS or uh, ARM-based computer. Like maybe the main processor will be Apple's ARM thing from the much-rumored, you know, Apple doing its own chips for the Mac. Right. But, but the one thing I, 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 I'm 99.9% sure is that Apple has never shipped an iOS computer that that touches a spinning hard disk. Um, so, like, I, why doesn't the new iMac have a T2? I'm, I'm sure there's other reasons hard too, drive. right? But it's it, there's iOS doesn't have any support for spinning hard drives, and the T2 needs some kind of boot partition to boot up. It needs storage. So the iMac Pro gets it because the iMac Pro is SSD only, so it can right. have a T2 chip, but. Uh, our poor, poor new iMac still have to. Even if you get one that's SSD only, still, you know, has an architecture that supports spinning hard disks. Do you ever think about spinning hard disks? They're they're, they're kind of crazy when you think about it. Like well, when you, it's cra- do you remember the original iPod had a spinning hard disk? Yes, absolutely. That's for crazy. years, right? And I mean, a, a desktop computer having it. Okay, it sits there <laughs> and yeah, it spins, but it's on its own. The iPod, you would walk with i ran with it right you run you go work out at the gym and 
you had a crazy spinning hard disk playing music all the time. I mean, I always think of it. You're old enough. I'm. I'm. You're not really old enough. I'm just barely old enough. But you know, I I recognize a record player when I see it. Right. And I always sort of think of a, a spinning hard disk as a obviously shrunk down record player. Right. And, and yeah, so to think that there's one of those inside of an iPod is insane. Right. And the 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 quote unquote slow ones spin at fifty four hundred rotations <laughs> per minute, like like they're spinning at these crazy fast speeds, reading ones and zeros it's, with a tiny little needle. Right? It's it's insane when you think about it. Like it's you know. But I I, I would have to think. I really hope that these would be the last. You know, by the time the IMAX get updated again and. Let's face it, probably 600 days. Uh, well, maybe not. <laughs> Although maybe. Maybe the thing is is that if Apple does a switch to ARM on the Mac, maybe everything will get an update faster. Every know? year or so, yeah. Right. That's my that's my other uh, – that's one of my big hopes with the switch to ARM. I think we'll get better battery life. I have faith that their performance is going to be excellent. I mean our phones already benchmark faster than MacBooks. It's crazy. Right. Um but that it's, you know, maybe it really is Intel's problems hitting their roadmaps on a predictable schedule that's keeping Apple from updating these things. I mean, I was told off the record, but point blank, that the reason the iMac or MacBook Air took so long to get to this new thing was Intel. That, you know, for whatever reason, they, they didn't really have a chip that apple saw as suitable for this new air design and that's why there's only there is no like cpu upgrade on um, the air itself right you can't there's no build to order to get a different you know a faster chip or something intel has one chip that apple deems usable for the air and it took them a long time to get it out i mean that th- there's uh, i can see something there but at the same time something like the mini where they were selling the same computer for four years with the same chip there were faster chips yeah. In the interim, they might not have been that much better, but they were a little faster and a little more energy efficient. Yeah. And uh, it's not that hard to just slot in a new chip and sell that as a as an upgrade instead of charging the same price for four years for a now a four year old chip. <laughs> well, that's that's the other thing is when they I get the strategy. I totally get it. But Apple considers these prices as like part of the brand of the device. You know, that the, the iMac is a twelve ninety nine starting point uh i mean the mac pro is the most ridiculous one right i mean the mac pro is 10 years old at this point practically and it's still at the same price because they don't want to lower the price because when they do come out with new mac pros they want those same prices higher price yeah right they don't want to say all of a sudden now the mac pro here's a new mac pro it's amazing but it's double the price because they were steadily lowering the price over the years based on you know the the reduction in components i mean who knows what the profit margin is like if you're if you had, to, if had you to buy, buy a Mac, Mac Pro, Pro now, you're, <laughs> if you you're getting it, about ten percent of the price value, right? Like if you depend on a Mac Pro and and you accidentally run it through the washing machine, <laughs> sure, sure, and the, putting it in a ba- giant bag of rice doesn't bring it back to life, and you need to replace it, and so you're like, I know this is a bad time to buy one, but I need it. You're you're probably giving Apple insane margins <laughs> on a Mac Pro today. I mean, it's got to be crazy because it's... I, I've heard that they don't sell a lot of them, but that is actually the majority of the company's profit is just Mac Pros. <laughs> they only sell a few, but it's a $3,000 plus machine and they right. make $3,000 on each one of those. I'm sure that the aluminum is probably the most expensive part of this point. 
it's just it, it's just like really it's just the case is the most expensive thing it's crazy um but hopefully that would be the point i mean and you know there uh, like the iphone is certainly i mean there's a the iphone makes all the money so of course the iphone is the one that's on the most rigorous schedule but you know their chip team year in year out does incredibly impressive work they've never had a bad year for the chips there's never been a year where hmm the this year's a you know whatever it, is not it, that much better right it's always even when the phones themselves are like ah this one's really sort of a you know the the just an ass year or whatever you want to say the chips always show like a nice improvement especially in recent years on the gpu front so hopefully well, they could bring that to the mac well, and and I, I also think there's a, a profit component there where obviously they're paying Intel for these chips and then they resell them. But if you're making the chips yourself, yeah. uh, it makes a lot more sense to say every year, hey, we've got a new chip. Let's let's upgrade these Macs and there'll be, you know, a speed bump that uh, we can we can charge for because we're making all the profit on that. So yeah. I, I certainly have a similar hope uh, if we if we switch to to their ARM processors that we'll see more Mac updates. Yeah. And the other thing too, and I think it's sort of a, a foreshadowing is that the, the high end iPads for years have had like an X behind their name. You know, there's like the a 10 X and whatever, uh -huh. but the a 12 X this year is so much more powerful and because it has it's more cores. It's, it's not just like slightly faster than the regular a 12. I just, cause I just ran the benchmarks when I was benchmarking these, these iPads, like the multi-core stuff is insane. Um, so I, I have total faith that they can walk and chew that, that chip team, Johnny Saruji's team can walk and chew gum and can design new chips every year for the incredibly power conscious phone while at the same time making incredibly fast ones that, that don't have to be so power conscious for a, a Mac laptop. I mean, I would just take the A12X in a laptop. It's Throw super, it in a laptop, yeah. yeah. All right, let me take a break. Last break. Thank our last sponsor, our good friends, best friends. Honestly, they sponsor the show so often. I love them. Squarespace. Look, Squarespace is your all-in-one place to host, design, update, keep going with your website. Uh, they do everything. You can get your domain names at Squarespace. You pick from a bunch of terrific templates uh, as a starting point, you can just use the template. You can design your own thing. You can take a template and tweak it. The templates all work uh, from phone size screens up to big 27 inch iMacs that are brand new. Uh, they have analytics built into the platform so you can see where your traffic's coming from, where people are going. You can do things like host a blog, you can host a podcast. Uh, catalog, you can do a portfolio if you're like an artist or a designer and you want to have a personal website where you show off your work, you can do it on Squarespace. Anything. If, it's, if you have an idea for a website, uh, you can do it on Squarespace. And if you don't have a personal website, you should. And the way you should get started is by trying Squarespace. You can get a free trial to start out, build everything. Everything's real during the free trial. There's no real limits other than when the free trial expires. And then when you do, when your trial expires and you need to pay, just remember this code, talk show. Know the just T-A-L-K-S-H-O-W. And no, 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 you came from here, from the show. And you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, go to squarespace.com slash talk show to get started. And then just remember that code talk show when you pay. And you can pay for a year in advance. You can save 10% off a whole year if you use that code. My thanks to Squarespace for their continuing support of the talk show. 
I hear you typing. I hear your, your, your little MacBook clicking. Uh, I don't want to speculate too much about next week's event. I mean, it's, you know, it'll be what it'll be, but it certainly sounds like there's no hardware. Uh, and if there is hardware, it'd be shocking <laughs> <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Right. Cause what would it be? What, what, what's left? Here's my, the one thing I want to say is everybody It's widely acknowledged. I mean, there's a bunch of leaks because the, the news, these people are all, it's not Apple that's leaking. It's the partners, but they're going to do a news subscription thing. And, uh, so you, you, you'll pay one fee, maybe it's 10 bucks. And you, if you subscribe to Apple News, you will get subscription content from a whole bunch of publishers who currently have, you know, some, either, either everything's behind a paywall or they have some paywalled content. You'll get it all. Um, supposedly, the New York Times and Washington Post are not in yet, but the Wa- Wall Street Journal is, which is interesting. I'm, I'm a, I, I, I forget how many subscriptions I have. I, I pay for the New York Times, I pay for the Wall Street Journal pay for a couple of smaller things, but oh, I also, I am a subscriber to the Washington post as well. Um, for, I forget what I pay. Do you, do you subscribe to the wall street journal? I don't. The post I know I want to say is either two ninety nine or three ninety nine a month. Cause right. I have that. Uh, and then I have Boston globe, which I don't remember what it is, but the journal, the journal is the one that I run into. There are often, not often, but there are often enough that I notice it articles that I think, Oh, I want to check that out. And then I hit their paywall and then I either give up on it or I think there's a workaround where you can search Twitter and get a link that works at least some of the time. But I, uh, that's, that's the paywall that I hit the most that I at least remember. So that, that's the most interesting one of the possible candidates that are supposedly in this service. If, if it's 10 bucks a month, it, it wouldn't take much for it to be worth easily worth 10 bucks a month, right? If you, you know, three, four right. bucks so for how, this. Yeah, how much is the journal on its own? Uh, looks here like, uh, I don't know if this is for paper though. Um, like, is this, I, I'm looking at their website. It says it's $15 a month. And that's with the 60% off. That's only good for the next 43 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know though, if they're, if they're trying to give me a, a paper subscription now, I don't, I, you know, the way these newspapers still want you to, you know, try to trick you into getting that. <laughs> get a physical copy that goes right into your recycling bin it's still my favorite it's still my favorite story of all one of my all-time favorite i'm i'm old stories i know i've told you this i know i've told it on the podcast but it it must have been three or four years ago it must have been uh but i was at starbucks and uh i was waiting for uh, a beverage to be prepared and there was two young women you know college age maybe you know 21 22 years old talking and they had the I believe it had the Sunday paper, but it, they had the like Philadelphia Inquirer, and the one girl was explaining to the other girl that they, you know, she she really was genuine, genuinely unfamiliar with the concept of a newspaper, and and she was saying, and they print this, they do this every day, and she <laughs> said yes, every single day, and the other girl said, why would they do that? <laughs> I don't think you have told me. That. I I almost burst out laughing. I, I and I because on the one hand I do kind of feel like you you're she's a bit of an idiot, right? I mean, there's how would you? I mean, like you said, record players. Like, I, right? You I should at least be aware of this. You should but be she's aware. she's also not wrong, right? That's the thing is it when you think about what is in a printed newspaper every single day, three hundred sixty five days a year. A hundred, you know, some of these papers have been around, you know, 100, 150 years. It's insane. 
it is absolutely insane that they print out all of the news, whether you want to read it or not. <laughs> I, I, you know, but anyway, these these publications still want you to to get your dead tree version. So I don't know. Well, but I mean, yeah. you do know you do know the reason why they want well, that, right? Because it boosts their circulation. And they Which still, then boost their ad sales, right? That they're still they're still selling. You know, they still make a dangerous amount of their money. Dangerous in terms of the long term health of right. These dangerous is a great word for it, right? It, they they they're dangerously dependent on print advertising, and print advertising goes by circulation. And so, it, they environment be damned. They would be these publications are happy if you <laughs> have a print subscription that you never use. If you just let those newspapers pile up on your porch. I mean, something's got to line the birdcage, right? Yeah. My grandfather, uh, my mom's dad, you know, he died when I was in first grade. So, but I have very fond memories of him. He was a very, very nice man, very kind. My little, he was my little pop pop. Uh, he was also, you know, I think the genes are there. He was also a bit eccentric. Uh, and one of his eccentricities was he, uh, he didn't throw away his newspapers. He, he kept them. Oh, he, like, he had like a, like his chair, there was Pop Pop's chair. That was his, you know, his, his like Barca lounger. Uh, and behind his chair, he, I guess, you know, it wasn't like he kept them for years, but he'd had months of newspapers at a time. And they were, he, he kept them in mint condition. Like when he read the newspaper, he was, you know, very carefully uh, refolded it. And when he was done with the paper of the day, it, it you could brand new still. You could have still sold it at the newsstand. <laughs> uh, and so the, the, the stack of them was very neat and they were in, I guess his thinking was if he, if he had thought of it, you know, it was like his version of Google. Like I read an article a couple of days ago. And let let me dig through this pile of newspapers. Right. But the, the stacks were so neat. I, I'll, it's a very vivid memory because you would think it would be a mess, but it really looked like, uh, as neatly organized as like the, the stack of newspapers at a newsstand to start a day, you know, where they're all the today's newspaper. Right. Well, so, so there, there's two, it's not at all clear what's going to happen next week. And, and I don't really like speculating on this stuff either, but there's two different things that we're talking about. This would be a news service that potentially makes sense because there is no real, to my knowledge, is there any, there's no major service that says, Hey, give us X amount of dollars and you'll get access to, all the news you could you could want from the journal, the New York Times, the Post. Right now, you really have to subscribe to the New York Times. You subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. You subscribe to the Washington Post. You give three different payments to three different companies if you want all of their right. content. And so, you know, and and like infamously with the New York Times, if you want to unsubscribe, you need to call them on the telephone and talk to a friendly operator in somewhere in Iowa or something like that. Uh, it. it infamously very difficult to unsubscribe from the New York Times to get out of that. But so, so that service, if, if that service exists and and let's just assume it does, that's at least interesting depending on the price and depending on what, uh, different papers are included in there. Uh, the other one that's, I think getting more publicity is some sort of video movie TV service. Right. And this is the one that I, you asked me about it before the show, and I, I basically said, eh, I don't care. <laughs> because, well, and, and, and for, but for a reason, uh, one, tell me, how many subscription services for TV do you have right now? Uh, too many. Right. Uh, I've got, I've I've got Netflix. I've got Netflix. 
I've got HBO through AT&T, so that's actually free-ish. It's paid, yeah. you know, indirectly. We still, we still have a cable subscription. Okay, so you still have proper cable. So I, we I have, have proper cable. I've switched to streaming cable, which saved me a bunch of money. But uh, I've got Amazon Prime, which gives me Prime Video. I do have that. I this year got Hulu for they had like a, a twelve dollars for twelve months deal. <laughs> it's the crummy ad version, but I wanted to test it out anyway. I so have, I have I have Hulu, and I pay for the I pay for the ad free version because for the good version. Their ads so you, are horrible. They really are. Uh, so you've got so just Hulu and Netflix are two services that are effectively the same thing, yeah. And that you're paying a monthly subscription fee for. Uh, Netflix, oh, sorry, Amazon. On top of that, I view that as just coming along for the ride with a Prime subscription. Yeah. But already having Netflix and Hulu, what is Apple going to do differently? I think the only answer is, and the reason that I'm sort of annoyed by this whole thing is that they're going to have different content. Yeah. And that uh, I mentioned that uh, the the thing that happened with music is that it doesn't matter what music music subscription service you subscribe to. If you have Apple Music, you get all the music. If you have Spotify, you get all the music. Uh, you know, there's a few of them that are at least on par with one another. And by and large, you don't need to go to a specific service to get a specific artist. Right. Uh, Title is sort of the exception there, where they were trying to have exclusives and things like that. But I think. A lot of that stuff is temporarily exclusive, and then three months later, it shows up on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, right now, if you wanted, if you said, "Hey, I want to have access to streaming all movies," you'd have to sign up for five or ten different services to get it. Yeah. And adding yet another service doesn't do anything. No. <laughs> it makes the problem worse. Uh, well, the rumor is that they are going to bundle, make it like a TV package. You know, where they're going to have a bunch of cable channels, and you'll get regular what we consider regular tv through this apple tv subscription thing uh like but what if you don't need that right like what if you just want to watch apple's original shows do you have to pay and get like as somebody who still subscribes to cable or you who already has your youtube tv youtube tv uh or if you have like the sony one which looks pretty good if you already have the sony one are you is your only option to give apple 10 bucks a month or 15 dollars a month or whatever it's going to cost to get a whole bunch of channels you already have some other way when all you really want to do is watch the original shows that Apple's making. I don't know. I, I, to me, that's the most interesting thing that they'll announce next week. It's not necessarily what, but just how much, how are they going to charge for this? Right. And, and yeah, I think there's, there's definitely questions there that I, I'll be interested to see answered, but uh, I don't see any way in which this will be sort of what Apple music was or even the iTunes Music Store was to music, where this is the one solution you need, right? And that's it, right? And that's frustrating to me because I don't need to pay for yet another subscription. I would like to pay more money even for one subscription right. and just be done with it and just have everything. I just would yeah. just give me everything. I, I don't think we're gonna get that. <laughs> Probably not. Um. Uh, last but not least. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Mac software. I don't know if you know. Do you know anything about the indie Mac software market? I, I have a, a passing knowledge <laughs> of it, yeah. <laughs> there was an article that you – I actually saw it, uh, but then I didn't read it either. But then I read it. There's a profile of longtime Apple executive Sean Pruden who uh, maybe – I maybe wasn't familiar with her before. Well, 
she co-hosted the Apple Design Awards for years, right? Okay, okay. Um, that's probably where she's best known outside the company. Um, it's an interesting profile. She's been at Apple for thirty years. Um, but there's a part of the art, the part of the article that caught your attention and, and caught mine too. Was uh, I don't know if I want to paraphrase or if I should just read it. Uh, I guess I should I'm just. Trying read. To I'm trying to find it in the article, but now I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she works for the App Store. Um, but here's the quote. She says, I don't, know if you I don't know if you remember, but the way you used to buy software was in a box at a store. There was no way you could come up with an idea for an app and create it and put it in a shiny disk and sell it yourself. It just wasn't going to happen. So the App Store really democratized software. <laughs> and it has democratized software, but there's an entire still thriving business it's it's almost like she's forgetting something <laughs> and i can't quite put my finger on it there's it's like you went from retail stores uh, selling software and then and then the app store and it's was there was there something called the web in between there john <laughs> so when when did when was rogue amoebus started uh, I believe it's the same year as Daring Fireball, 2002. 2002. Uh, and you guys have never put software on a, in a box, have you? Uh, we have never needed to. Early on, there were a couple bundles yeah. that other companies made that we put Audio Hijack in briefly. But it was, it was basically a uh, flirtation because growing up, getting software in a box was something to aspire to maybe. Or, you know, that's right. how you bought software, as she said. Uh, but yeah, so essentially, no. Our software has for 16, 17 years been sold online exclusively. Uh, you enter your credit card number, you download the software from our website, and you get a license key in, the, in an email, and you unlock it that way. You know, and the, <laughs> I, again, I'm not slagging on the App Store, and certainly, it, it certainly made writing software for phones a democratized thing prior to the iPhone. The idea that in, you know one person or a two-person team or something like that would write phone phone software was crazy. I mean, it was right. it you just had wasn't, to go through the carriers. You had yeah. to be a big business to do it. That's that's one hundred percent true. Right, but in terms of software in general, especially for the Mac and even for Windows, for just for person, what we call PCs, uh, that democratization was the web. The web did it. Right. The web absolutely did it. And and so you, we said two thousand two for when our company started. I was selling software online for about four years before that with other companies. Hmm. And we, you know, have talked to plenty of people about the mid nineties, maybe even mid to late nineties is when you could start having a web only piece of software that could make real money. Right. Enough and, money to support a business and support exactly. actual employees with a real wage and, and stuff like and, that. And that's a decade before the app store. And it meant you didn't need to put anything physical in a store, physical store. And, uh, so yeah, to, to sort of skip over this and then, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, Phil Schiller was on the talk show, uh, sorry, on, uh, ATP. Yeah. And I think he made a very similar point that, you know, maybe is a talking point for them, obviously, uh, that again, sort of skipped over the idea that, Hey, there was a way to do this after retail stores and before the app store. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's. I get it. I do get that they want to promote the app store, but it, it, it's such a huge omission. It, it's just. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's still going strong, right? I mean, right. It's, our the, stuff is almost all of it is exclusively sold directly from our website, right? And uh, you know, it's still a great way to run a business. I mean, we, you and I know a lot of fellow, you know, uh, indie Mac developers. Um, 
you know, and it, we can do an entire two hour episode of the show just on the app store, but you know, and the app store is what it is, but it's nowhere near as big uh, important for the Mac as it is for the iPhone. And most of the indie developers I know the either aren't in the Mac app store, or if they are they're they sell apps that are also available, also outside. available directly. Right. Right. And it avoids that 30% tax. It avoids the, uh, uh, the review process. It, it, you know, the sandboxing rules, certain, uh, certainly some of Rogue Amoeba's apps are, <laughs> <laughs> would be difficult to sandbox. Uh, difficult is, is putting it very kindly. Yes. Uh, I'm not quite sure how audio hijack would work in a sandbox world other than not at all. Uh, that's about right. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, and it just keeps you independent. It puts the independent, you know, the independent and independent developer that you're not, you know, you're just everything, you know, you want to do a software update. Here's the software update. Right. You know, well, can I, can I use this as, as my, my chance to shill briefly? Of course that that's exactly (laughs) what I was going to segue to. So, uh, you asked me to be on the show literally just yesterday. I think you had a cancellation, and I'm I'm the fallback. Malt's, I'm okay with that. Molt's canceled. Oh wait a minute! No, wait. <laughs> I will. I refuse to be below Molt. <laughs> uh, but no, it it it, uh, it was slightly unfortunate timing because we're looking to push out a very uh, widely focused, broadly focused product, uh, brand new product next week. And uh, so this morning I put up a teaser post on our blog. So if people are interested to see what our news is next week, they should check out uh, macaudio.com and click over to our blog and, and they'll be able to uh, sign up to get information on this when it comes out next week. So we have, we, have a, we have a product that is hopefully coming out next week that absolutely would not fit in the App Store and could not be sandboxed, <laughs> but uh, should appeal to just about anybody doing anything with audio on their Mac, uh, even listening to Apple Music or Spotify. That's very clever of you. I realized when you said that yesterday that it, timing-wise doesn't, it didn't really work out for you, but doing a teaser does. No. I, 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 we're not big on teasers, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll take the opportunity to do it once in a while. Yeah. Uh, well, my thanks for you joining. Hey, what about uh, are you doing anything on June 4th? Uh, June 4th. Uh, there's some sort of show, I think. Yeah, you're going to announce it? I, I, I'm there for you, buddy. That's the, that's, it's been a long time since you've been a regular guest on the show, right? Yeah. Uh, Maybe last year, but uh, we we don't do it we don't do it terribly regularly. No. How often? How many times have you been the announcer for for the talk show live at WWDC? Ooh, I could look it up. Uh, at least five, maybe yeah. five or six. Because it goes back to the uh, uh, the days in San Francisco. Mezzanine in San Francisco, multiple years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've got that voice. You've got that announcing voice down pat, and the face for it as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, there. So I don't have any tickets to announce. I know people want it. I, I will try to get them out soon. Uh, I know that they sell out very quickly. Uh, but there but will you do be, have the date. You have everything pinned down, right? I do. The talk show live will be Tuesday, June fourth, at uh, once again from the the lovely uh, California Theater in San Jose. Beautiful, beautiful theater. Uh, very excited about it. Uh, don't have any guests lined up yet, so working on that, and I'll work on ticketing. But uh, stay tuned. I'm not quite sure how to do it. I know it's. I, I don't know if. I don't know how to run a lottery. Uh, it, it seems like that would be a fair way to do it. But, but we'll see. But anyway, stay tuned. Save the date. Uh, 
And uh, I look forward to seeing you there, Paul. Well, and, and if your guest falls through there, then it might just be <laughs> you and me talking on stage. So. Exactly. Right. So, you know, <laughs> keeps, keeps I, I will ideas. literally be waiting in the wings. So yeah. <laughs> you will. 